The views and opinions of today's broadcast is not necessarily the views or opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll arise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much, and good morning. Today is May 2nd, 2021, and you're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show, and here are some of the topics that will be discussed this morning, right here. Anyway, thank you all. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. No president has ever said those words from this podium. No president has ever said those words. And it's about time. If I had to give President Joe Biden a grade for his first 100 days, he'd get a C out of me. Good evening. I'm Senator Tim Scott from the great state of South Carolina. We just heard President Biden's first address to Congress. Our president seems like a good man. His speech was full of good words. But President Biden promised you a specific kind of leadership. He promised to unite a nation, to lower the temperature, to govern for all Americans, no matter how we voted. This was the pitch. You just heard it again. But our nation is starving for more than empty platitudes. We need policies and progress that brings us closer together. But three months in, the actions of the president and his party are pulling us further and further apart. The family, as you recall, uh, commissioned that independent autopsy, which found that there was a single bullet to the back of Andrew Brown's skull that killed him. They called it an execution, but the attorney for the deputies is saying that his clients had a right to shoot. An FBI investigation found that an ex-Georgia cop had bragged in text messages about basically beating black people in the community and also specifically charging them in such a way that it would make it difficult for them to vote. Mississippi is poised to ban transgender athletes from competing in women's sports in schools and universities. The state legislature passed the so-called Mississippi Fairness Act earlier this week. Last night, the Republican governor, Tate Reeves, tweeted that he would sign the bill, writing, and I quote, it's crazy we have to address this. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The Bible says that if there's any unforgiveness, that it should be dealt with before praying. Therefore, we release any anger, bad feelings, resentment, or any other wrong attitude before you now. We lay it at your feet and we release and forgive those who have wronged us. When we come into agreement and lift up the listener to you. Father, thank you for this new day for the listener. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Together we ask for wisdom, revelation, and understanding for the listener for the things they will face today in Jesus' name. We speak strength and peace over them in the name of Jesus. We call them charged up to take on the tasks they will face today. Help them to walk in love with those they come across. 
May they look at the world through eyes filled with the God kind of love. Help them to be patient and kind. Help them to be gentle and humble, seeing others as you see them. Help them to watch their tongue in Jesus' name. May the words the listener speaks today be wrapped in love and lift up the person they are directed towards. Right now, we cast down every thought of fear and worry. We declare that thoughts that are pleasant in your sight, Lord, fill the mind of the listener today in Jesus' name. When they submit to you and resist the devil, he will flee. Help the listener to be a light in this dark world. May others see Jesus in how they speak and the actions they make. All the praise and glory to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And welcome into the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that calling number. Of course, I'm here with uh, my big sis Vanessa Mae Bell. She listens to MSNBC, CNN, and even every now and then watches Fox News and hang out with the Trump folks. So you don't have to, uh, Mr. Johnny D, the educator brother from the Carolinas, and of course Mr. L to the E to the S, the man who gets the first and last word. Welcome one, welcome all. Good morning, Miss Vanessa Mae Bell. Good morning, Vanessa. Vanessa, Vanessa, what's going on this morning? All right, then, come on. <laughs> Y'all get in there. Happy Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Johnny D, man, good morning. I hear you trying to round up the crew. Good morning, my brother. How are you doing? <laughs> That's my best. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, like I said, trying to get off get to the event. So, uh, God bless uh, this opportunity, and, and, and thank you for uh, zoning me in, Jay. You're the man, of course, the man that gets the first and last word. Mr. Elias, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. Good morning to you, my brother. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Mary and the Music. And good morning, Momo B. And good morning, my brother, Hawk. And good morning, my brother, Jerome. Absolutely. Now, Johnny D mentioned something about an event. Okay, let me talk to you about it. Today at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in Raleigh, North Carolina, the Visions Institute for Youth and Millennial Revival Center presents the North Carolina Youth Hope Rally. Now, Hope stands for Hedge of Protection for Everyone. MRC Senior Pastor M. Lamont Cooper is the event's organizer and CEO. Uh, some of the featured uh, speakers today, the Honorable Michael R. Morgan. He's an associate judge on the North Carolina Supreme Court. The Honorable Ashley Parker Dustin. She is a district court judge. Uh, Sean Ingram, a motivational speaker and the founder of the Sean Ingram Creative Arts Academy and our very own. Check it out. Johnny D, the founder of the Fourth World Consulting Group and our brother from another mother. Stop by and enjoy free food, speakers, music, fun, games, prizes, health resources. The events will be held at the Bicentennial Mall, which is located at uh, 1 East Edenton Street. Am I saying that right, Johnny? Edenton Street in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina? Eden, okay, Eden Street, all right, there you go. And and uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, check it out. Johnny, man, you got to give us a little bit of particulars. What's going on today, man? Look at you. Look at that guy. You know what? Probably I'll tell dude. you what, uh, I, I'm blessed to have another opportunity to, to work with the youth. Um, again, have been doing this prior to becoming a contributor uh, on the serious side, but it certainly has picked up since then. Um, you know, we talk about some social issues and Everybody uh, that's on that show, that's associated with your show, 
uh, is doing just some great things. And we, I know we don't always talk about the things that we do in the community, but uh, always being active, always trying to make a difference. And again, looking forward to this opportunity. Yeah, Vanessa, he was looking good on that little fly he stood out. You see him looking all good, had his suit on, looking all dapper. Look at salt and pepper hair, looking distinguished. Well, I tell you what, that, that's the guy. Look at him. Look at all good the things. Oh, chocolate self. Now, that's the same guy that donned the, the infamous Bodacious Crew shirt back in the day, but we'll talk about that on another day. Mr. Elias, man. How you feel this beautiful Sunday morning? <laughs> I, I'm good, man. I, and I saw the picture too, John. Then I saw the text message, and I was a little disturbed by it, you know. But you know, then, then again, you know, that's what it is, man. When you said yeah, that, I'm sorry, Jay, man. Vanessa said how Vanessa said how good you look, and 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 then you said I learned it from Jay, and I was like, wow, that's. Something, That's I guess. What I uh, don't be a hater this early, Bestelia. Stop. Don't 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 start. Jay, that's a lot of truth to that now, because y'all 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 gotta understand. Jay Rye was a little older than than us, and uh, like a lot say, he older. took us in, and, and, and we just kind of followed his lead. Don't lie, he's a lot older. He's a lot older. He's a lot older, John. Don't. It's Sunday. Don't lie. He's way older than you. Way older. Yes. 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 I'm like, am I muted? No. No, you're not. They're just ignoring you, Vanessa. That's all, Mr. Elias will be in the way. Go ahead, Vanessa. I'm like, okay. I bet you I won't compliment Johnny V no more because he's going to pass the compliment to you. No, but Vanessa, like, now, like I say, I always give honor where honor is due. And uh, when I tell you that that, that, that that brother took us in, he really took us in. Oh, so, uh, absolutely, definitely. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in and stop this hate fest because they're haters. We have a lot to talk about this morning. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Johnny D will be with us as much as he can, but you know, like I just announced, he's uh, participating in a huge event. Get out if you're in Molly, North Carolina. Check him out. Support it. Uh, always trying to do something positive for the community. We have an action-packed show. A lot to get into. Without any further ado, let's do it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. NPR News Update, and we'll be back with this morning's topics. Let's to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. Three people are dead and one person wounded after a gunman opened fire at a Native American casino in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Chuck Kornbach of member station WUWM reports police shot dead the suspect. The incident took place Saturday evening at the Oneida Nation Casino, a large building which also includes a hotel and restaurant. Brown County Sheriff's Lieutenant Kevin Pollack told a midnight news conference that it looks like the alleged shooter was targeting someone who worked in the complex. Not a random shooting. Targeting a specific victim who was not there, but he decided to still shoot some of the victim's friends or co-workers of peers. Paul Axe says the Wisconsin Department of Justice will review the officer-involved shooting. For NPR News, I'm Chuck Kornbach in Milwaukee. The nation's epidemic of gun violence was front and center at a memorial this weekend in Indianapolis. Indiana Public Broadcasting's Lauren Chapman reports eight victims of last month's mass shooting at a FedEx facility were remembered. Four of the eight killed in the mass shooting were sick. 
The Sikh Coalition, which organized the event, estimates 8 to 10,000 Sikh Americans live in Indiana. At the memorial event held in the city's Lucas Oil Stadium, Mayor Joe Hogsett said Indiana and the U.S. need to address gun violence. It was past due for El Paso, past due for Orlando, past due for Las Vegas, past due for Charleston, past due for Sandy Hook, past due for Stoneman Douglas, and it was past due for Indianapolis. We are weary. The man who police say carried out the mass shooting died at the scene. For NPR, I'm Lauren Chapman in Indianapolis. A special election for a Texas congressional seat is headed to a runoff. From member station KERA in Dallas, Brett Jaspers reports the widow of the district's late representative got the most votes. Republican Susan Wright is the wife of Representative Ron Wright. He had cancer and died in February after contracting COVID-19. But she's also a longtime GOP activist and staffer with deep connections in the district. She said her runoff strategy will be the same as it was in the first round. We're just going to keep talking to voters and getting our message out and hear what their interests are, what their uh, priorities are, and, and talk to them where they are. So we'll just keep doing what we've done. Susan Wright also has the endorsement of President Trump, who won the district by three points in 2020. I'm Brett Jaspers in Dallas. Vaccine eligibility is expanding to all adults in India this weekend, but several states say they simply don't have the shots to give out. The world's worst coronavirus wave is battering India, where new cases dipped slightly today, but deaths reached a record of more than 3,600. And you're listening to NPR News. then-candidate Biden at our ABC News town hall about how they think he's doing 100 days into his presidency. If I had to give President Joe Biden a grade for his first 100 days, he'd get a C out of me. The bright spot is the pandemic. He promised to get shots in arms of hundreds of millions of Americans, and that's exactly what he did. And I'm happy to say that I'm one of the millions of Americans who have been vaccinated fully against the coronavirus. Black Americans are still being murdered by the police at the same rate that they were before Joe Biden came into office. And there's been almost silence from his administration on tangible steps to help control that problem. As a mom of a transgender girl, I rest easier at night knowing that Joe Biden is in the White House. Um, the things that he has done to extend protection for the LGBTQ community, uh, the appointment of Dr. Levine, Trans Day of Visibility, those things are meaningful to me and to my family. After President Biden was elected, I had high hopes he would keep his promise of being bipartisan and try and heal the nation. Unfortunately, his policies have been more extreme and divisive than any president in my lifetime. As we stand here 100 days later, in a extremely divided country with a seemingly contained pandemic and many challenges that we were facing and, and many more. Um, yeah, I still feel very optimistic that President Biden is the right leader for this moment.
Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two nine fifteen or fifteen minutes after the hour. I should say right here on the serious side of the J. Ross Show. Glad you guys are in. Uh, just happy that you guys are in. Be safe. Hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. All right, President Joe Biden has moved fast since his January twentieth swearing in, signing in a one point nine trillion dollar COVID relief bill into law less than two months into his term, and issuing more executive orders so far than any of his predecessors. Those efforts have paid off with the administration reaching the milestone of 200 million COVID shots delivered and vaccine eligibility open to everyone 16 years and over before Biden's 100th day in office. Unemployment is falling with uh, new jobless claims hitting a pandemic low and schools are reopening for in-person learning, returning kids and families to a simulant of a normal life. And Biden has delivered on his pledge to return the presidency to what it looked like before his predecessor, Donald Trump replacing tweets with a daily press briefing and bringing in cabinet and staff of seasoned experts. So that's where we start. Let's talk about it. Joe Biden delivered an address this past week talking about his accomplishments in office in front of a joint session of Congress. Uh, let's start the conversation off with you, Mr. Elias. I asked this question last week, but I'll ask it again since the 100th day has passed. What do you think about Joe Biden so far? You think this guy has lived up to his expectations, the good, the bad, the ugly? What say you? Well, you know, some Jay, I, if I was grading him, I'd give him a B, you know? Okay. And um, basically, I would give him a B because, man, he, he's got to deal with uh, Christian Cinema and, and Joe Manchin, man. I mean, I've, mm. I've you know, you know, these. It's it's gonna be rough to get around get 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 around any any of that stuff, man. So for him to deliver on his promises is gonna be real rough, man. Because these, I mean, they they can't even pass the Voting Rights Act, and if that doesn't get passed, we're in trouble. And 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 if people hadn't paid attention to the census, what's going on in the census? Uh, Democrats are losing seats left and right, man. You know, just because of the way the census is rolling. So. Look, and the way that the Republicans are gerrymandering districts, it, it's going to be impossible for anybody to do anything in these state houses or local houses or in the, in the federal houses, man. It's it's just it, it's crazy, man. And you know, I think the man, I, I think the man is doing a a, a bang up job at de- dealing with what he has in front of him. You know, with, with all the all the obstacles that he has in front of him, man. You know, so you're saying I, I, facing the headwinds that he's facing, that he's yeah. uh, coming out remarkably strong, and you're giving him a B plus. Let, let me let me go to Vanessa. Now, Vanessa, we already had one comment. Say a B. what? Oh, a B. Okay, you took I away the plus. Wow. Okay, my bad. I, I didn't okay. say a plus. I a B. Said a plus. Oh, you're right. I, I, I stand corrected, Mr. Elias. You're right. I, don't let me get you riled up this early. All right, Mr. Elias gives him a solid B. No B plus, no B minus, just a straight B. All right, so Vanessa, now we know, based on a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, how you felt about the immigration issue. Let's set that aside because that triggered off just a, uh, just I would say, a plethora of remarks and uh you know, emotions. So let's just talk about outside of immigration, because we know how you feel about that. It's been a couple of weeks since that conversation. Uh, Outside of immigration, give me what you think the president has done. And more importantly, as far as his cabinet, 
he has one of the most diverse cabinets in recent history, as far as I can mm-hmm. remember, even more diverse than the first uh, African-American president. So what say you in regards to of his first 100 days? Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of, I think I'm, I'm still going to stick with a B. I'm not going to change it from him getting a B. I am going to say that every time I hear this, and I can't right here this minute tell you all the specifics, but every time I hear them say, oh, Joe Biden's going to spend $80 billion to help with this. Oh, Joe Biden says that he's going to try to get $20 billion for this. And I heard it yesterday, and we were in the car, and I said, where the hell is he going to get all of these billions from? And somebody said, um, apparently he's going to tax the rich, and that's how he's going to get his billions. But you know what I say? He better hurry up and start taxing and passing that before February when they when Congress changes, because they're losing Democratic seats, like let's say left, right, and center. Somebody's going to run off right now, and they're going to pull that Democratic seat. It came across my phone. I think it's Texas, Jay. So I know his focus is, oh, I want a diverse cabinet, and I want a diverse this, and I want that. But And I'm sure that I'm nobody, and he ain't paying no attention to what the little people like me are saying or thinking, but he better get some stuff passed with um, voting rights before. For February election, because February's election gonna change some stuff. It's gonna go back to the way it used to be. Well, now there will be a uh, Senate uh, election in two years, so it won't be uh, this coming uh, February as far as them. February Yes, yeah, every two years. So, you know, the thing is okay. that in two years there will be an election, and there's a, you know, always a strong possibility of the sitting president. I guess historically, the, the sitting president has always lost seats, and with the slim majority that the Democrats hold in the House currently, you know, everything is up for grabs. Shani D, let me get your impressions on uh, Biden's first 100 days in office. I. Uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic in regards uh, from a numerical um, or, or alphabetical grade. I, I'll say that at the end, but I think that what he has done is he has restored America as the front runner in, in humanitarian efforts, uh, moral effort, efforts. Um, he's certainly ambitious um, in regards to his desire to to make America uh, the leader of of the, of the free world. So he has uh, accomplished that. Uh, he got an ambitious agenda. Uh, I think that the attitudes of the citizens has certainly changed to where it's not everyday theatrics uh, and not knowing exactly what you're going to receive or, or, or get from that particular office. Um, so if you had to put a alphabetical grade to it, I would most likely say a B plus. And the reason being is that it's not that he is not attempting. It's just 
he understands there's some slim margins and there's some repairing that that we've got to do with 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 governance. You know, we haven't America hasn't been governing for years, so people got to get reacclimated to being able to to know how to pass bills and without these executive orders, which he's had to pass a slew of those. So I, I, I certainly applaud him for that. So I'd say B plus. Well, let me say this. I, I'm, uh, I guess my grade would be B plus, A minus. And the reason why I say that is because you always want to, you know, most of us have been in leadership positions and the philosophy has always been, well, you don't want to max them out because if you max them out, then there's no way, nowhere to go but down. So you leave room for improvement. Now, I'm not really sure if I'm a total fan of that process or, or that thought process, I should say, but I'll go ahead and give them a B plus. But I think for me, what bothers me to a certain degree is the fact that folks have to remember he's been in office for, you know, 100 days. 103 days or whatever that number is at this point. And I hear a lot of young African-Americans talking about where there's still a lot of killing of black men. And it's like, folks, he can't wave a magic wand and stop this stuff overnight. You know, you're dealing with mm-hmm. a an economy that, you know, that's trying to come back. You're dealing with a virus, a pandemic that was ignored for a year. So, the administration is already behind the power curve. Well, that's not fair to say. The, the, uh, there were some things that Trump did that I thought uh, uh, helped out. I forget the one term, uh, I forget the one program that they had in place that really was beneficial. Let's be honest about that. But for the most part, this guy, the prior guy, his predecessor, was a joke. So he can't wave a magic wand and fix this stuff. And I think it's unfair for people to come in and think that. Now that he's in office, that, uh, you know, everything's going to stop. When you have most of the state houses being ran by Republicans, you have a runoff, a fake-ass, what is it, an audit in Georgia ran by some psycho Mm -hmm. group trying to recount the votes. These are the headwinds that he's facing, and I think people need to be fair about this. I just can't think this guy can walk in. And then wave a magic wand, and everything's going to be hunky dory. There's a lot of damage that uh, he has to undo from the clown that was in that space before he. You know that was that was the that's Arizona Jay that they're 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 recounting the votes, and that's only in one county, and that's the county that they, that they they. Maricopa you know, County, that yeah. They, mm-hmm. that, that's yeah, the majority African American. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, so that's the reason why they're they're recounting that. So if Pete, when, when when Tim Scott came out and said there's no racism in the United States, it, uh, the United States is not a racist country. He's a lying ass. But hey, but wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait, let's talk. I'm glad you brought that up. Let, let's talk about that because if America, we can't. Can we sit here and say that America is a racist country when we have a black VP? We just have a black president. We. Joe Biden just won, because if it was a racist country, Donald Trump would still be in office. There are racist elements in America, but to say that America is overall a racist country, I think that's not a fair statement. And I agree with President Biden. It's not. I don't think America is a racist country. There are racists in America, but overall America is not a racist country. We can't say that. Name me one institution that's not racist. 
name you one institution. You name me institutions that are okay. The Supreme Court is the Supreme Court racist. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> Somebody help me with this guy. Yeah. I, I mean, are you serious? Really? Yeah. The Supreme yeah. Court is racist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Name one institution. Okay. How about right? the Supreme Court? Okay, Les. So let's compromise here. How about the Supreme Court possibly has racist people on it, but the Supreme Court is not racist? How about that? Can we kind of compromise there a little okay. bit? Okay. So, so we got racist in the Supreme Court, but we there, it's not racist. <laughs> it's not yes, but, okay. Okay. No. <laughs> no. A racist. Okay. A racist. Right. Okay, I am breathing. Racist. Okay, an example of race. A racist panel. The racist that uh, acquitted the people who killed Emmett Till. That those people were racist. Okay, the whole mm-hmm. institution was racist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the same country we just saw Chauvin get, you know, charged guilty on all three counts. Yeah, there is racism in this country, and it's a damn shame that we're talking about it now in 2021. But to sit here and say that America is racist, you know what? We're just going to have to agree to disagree. I don't think the country is racist overall. I think there's a lot of folks in this country that are. Okay. Why, well, why I mean, can't your opinion. Why can't they pass an anti-lynching bill then? Why can't they pass an anti-lynching bill? Well, because, you know, okay, listen, let me be honest with you. Okay, listen, Mr. Elias. That's hate. But no, I'm not, they're nothing. But, but listen, here's the deal, and this is the problem with Congress. We've already talked about how the Republicans cheat. The reason why the Republicans even have power is because of the filibuster. I mean, so the archaic rules that are in place for Congress and government, those things need to be abolished. They need to, they need to be done away with. But come on. I mean, to say I mean the reason why this is they, – They can't pass an anti-lynching bill where, where yeah, but Mr. Elliot, to lynch somebody? Come on, man. Listen, I, I'm with yeah. you on that. I, I can't, I, I can't argue with you on that. But we all know that bills are stacked with other things. All I'm going to say is, is this, because I'm not an expert on this by no stretch of the imagination. If you think America is racist, then that's your opinion, and I'm not going to argue with you because there are solid examples where you can say, hey, this is a racist country because of the fact that we're having issues with the voting rights bill, because of the fact of the anti-lynching laws. You know, why is this is this seems to be common sense, right? So, and listen, I can't argue with you if that's your opinion because of what is going on. I'm just going to agree to disagree with you. That's all. I don't think the well, majority it, of the country it, is it, racist it, it, because if that's the case, Donald Trump will still be in office. More okay, people voting for the bottom line Joe Biden than they did for Donald they're Trump. Passing, they're passing laws right now to stop our black asses from voting. So they well, but that's repu- Okay, but we talked that's about right. how Republicans cheat. Okay, well, fine. I right, got it. Okay, look, we got to get out of here. No, no, don't leave we yet. Gotta go. Don't leave yet. We got to go. We we have to. Do no, no, we have to go. We at the bottom of the hour. We'll be. No, no, we will come back. We will take this up on the other side. We'll. We have to go. All right. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right right back here, Jerome. He'll be in with his comments next. You listen to the serious side. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. mission here on the serious side is to teach our young brothers and sisters 
black history facts that have been ignored by history books in classrooms over the years. In this week's edition of In 4 Minutes or Less, Something That You Need to Know, we discuss the origin of Juneteenth and why June 19th is celebrated by the African American community. It's Kavita time. In 4 Minutes or Less, Something That You Need to Know. June 19th is more than just another date on the calendar, especially to black Americans. June 19th, 1865, or Juneteenth, represents something momentous. What Juneteenth represents is sort of a a period that's put in the end of slavery. That's Frank Smith. He's the founding director of the African American Civil War Memorial and Museum in Washington, D.C. But this is a major, major thing on the part of the United States. For the first time now, it's abolishing slavery. 3.9 million blacks are freed. So how did Juneteenth come to be? Well, on January 1st, 1863, as America was in the midst of a civil war in which slavery was a major factor in the conflict, then-President Abraham Lincoln issued an executive order called the Emancipation Proclamation. The proclamation declared that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are henceforward and forever shall be free. However, it had its limitations, including the fact that it only applied to states that had seceded, leaving slavery unchanged in border states. But the promise of freedom for black slaves, it came with a price. came with a provision that you had to join the army and help the Union win the war, otherwise the thing would have had no effect at all. That meant for the first time since 1792, black soldiers could fight for the U.S. Army. Well, they had to prove to themselves, but they also had to prove to the rest of America that freedom was important enough to them, so they were willing to risk their lives and to take up, as as Denzel Washington says in the movie Glory, to catch a bullet just like everybody else for freedom. The Civil War continued until April of 1865, when the South surrendered to the North. But during the war, and especially after the war, there were a lot of slaves that didn't know about the proclamation or their freedom. One of those places was in Texas. Then, on June 19, 1865, More than a month after the Civil War ended, and two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation, Union General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, to inform black slaves that... Uh, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive of the United States, that's a proclamation, all slaves are free. This involves absolute equality of personal rights. And although slavery was officially abolished in the U.S. on December 6, 1865, June 19th, or Juneteenth, symbolizes the beginning of liberation. As we come on the air tonight, more than 100,000 people are now in the hospital with coronavirus, pushing the country's health care system to the brink. The president increasingly frustrated and lashing out on Twitter with claims about a victory that does not exist. It is hard to put into words what exactly we witnessed today because we've not seen this before. Thousands storming the Capitol after a rally with President Trump during which he urged them to march on the Capitol. 
The latest polling shows President Biden's approval rating holding strong as he approaches the 100-day mark. President Biden is vastly speeding up the timeline for the vaccine rollout by two months. President Biden about to sign into law the COVID relief bill known as the American Rescue Plan. President Biden set to announce a sweeping new infrastructure plan. President Biden will officially unveil the American Families Plan tonight, a historic investment in the human capital of the country. It ain't over, man. We're just getting started. Just look at the murder of George Floyd. If the world had not seen that clear and disturbing footage, there might not have been an outcome of accountability for those officers. We refuse to be discouraged. Now, the family, as you recall, uh, commissioned that independent autopsy, which found that there was a single bullet to the back of Andrew Brown's skull that killed him. They called it an execution, but the attorney for the deputies is saying that his clients had a right to shoot. The officers are very distraught over what happened. They feel for the family of Andrew Brown. But as Mr. Womble described to you, we believe that the shooting was justified. Andrew, welcome back in 347 on April 21st. Andrew Brown Jr., a 42-year-old black man, was fatally shot in the head by a deputy sheriff in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Seven officers were placed on leave as, re- as a result of the shooting. A judge refused Wednesday to release body cam video showing North Carolina deputies shooting and killing Mr. Brown. The ruling that made the video public at this stage could jeopardize the investigation into Brown's death. However, the judge did order authorities to allow Brown's family to privately view five videos from body cameras and one from a dashboard cam within 10 days with some portions blurred and redacted. Family members had previously been allowed only to view 20-second clips from a single body camera. 347 minutes after the hour. Welcome back in. Uh, you heard before the break, uh, we're going to talk about this guy Brown, no, no doubt about it, but you heard Jerome jump in, so let me give Jerome a few minutes to respond to what was said during the last block, and uh, and let's go from there. Jerome, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? Just another day of paradise, no palm trees. What's going on, man? Here you go. Um, okay, so I don't even know where to begin now. The question was, like, okay. LES said that this, I guess he said the country's racist, and you were saying that it wasn't. Okay. That's what I said. That we that's what I said. That's that's okay. where we were. Okay, so I just wanted to tell you how so how wrong you are on this one. So Not a problem. Asked, I'm all ears. Well, okay, so you asked why uh it was the Supreme Court racist. And I give you the Voting Rights Act where the Supreme Court ruled that um the southern states did not need any kind of observation for the racist practices that they put in. John Roberts said, prove it. So Congress has to go back and rewrite it. That's why they need to put the the um, the um, the new voting rights thing back in, because they gutted it because their racist behinds believed that it, it wasn't no racism. Who is that damn stupid to think that there's no racism but racist people? They're constantly trying to convince you, and again, this is a country that that colonized, we're colonizers, this country is. 
So we oppress people in other countries all the time, and we act as if we don't know what oppression looks like. So I know it hurts our feelings as Americans that somebody's calling us names, but we need to do better. So in every institution, whether it's banking, there's redlining. Whether there's in schools, you, you see oppression. Whether it's in corporate, black folks still get paid the least amount out of everybody on this doggone, in this doggone country, no matter what industry you're in, right? If you, if you own a construction company and you bid on a contract, I guarantee you that the black folks, you could be the lowest bidder, but you ain't getting that contract. But when they subcontract you, they're giving you pennies to, to what they're giving the other subcontractors. So you can't say this country is not racist because of the fabric of how white supremacy works in the context of racism. Act like it's not racism because we can go into the same bar with white folks, but what does it really mean when you have to assimilate them to actually get something to drink? Or that you're going to have some white woman call the police on you because you were walking your dog? That's not racist? That's not racism. That's not you seeing somebody's color and then reacting off of the color. I don't feel safe. So to say that um, Trump is would have been in office as this country is racist is crazy. Because I, I counter that by saying the reason that Trump is not in office is because Joe Biden, another old white man, ran is why he's in office. I don't care what he's doing, but if it was somebody black, if it was another woman – Trump would be still in office. So I'm just saying that we have to bend our minds a little bit and not think that of racism of being so black and white. Like, give me an instance of racism. It, racism doesn't work like that. It's built into the fabric of who we are. So it's more complex now than it's ever been. There's a lot of layers of how racism and white supremacy and oppression works. So now okay. that we have all these Companies coming back just kind of okay, trying to do corrective measures. No, I mean, because just even in asking the question, I just kind of want to put that out there that says okay. that we have to be more sophisticated in when we talk about this stuff opposed to uh, give me an example. Because that's what white folks do all, right. all the time. When you say that you're being discriminated against, they say, um, I don't see it. Give me an example. And you can't quantify it all the time, but you know when you're being discriminated against. All right, all right. Well, we, well, okay. Fair points, man. Fair points, made. We we have to move on. Fair points. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. So uh, uh, Andrew Brown, uh, this young man was killed. Uh, it, it, actually, uh, Johnny D, I want to start this one with you. Vanessa will definitely get you, but this is in North Carolina, and since you're in North Carolina, I, I want to start this conversation with you about this particular situation. Uh, you know, Benjamin Crump, which in my opinion is really uh, aligning himself to be the next generational leader when it comes to the movement as far as civil rights. Uh, him and his attorneys and his team, they're on top of it. It's amazing to me the flexibility that they have to get from one situation to another. But I guess uh, if you're looking at it from through another lens, it's also heartbreaking the fact that he has to, and his team, have to go from event to event to event. I mean, within days of the verdict of Derek Chauvin, here we are with another African-American being shot and killed. Johnny, give me some information on what's going on in North Carolina, and we have a special guest we want to bring in after your comments, man. The floor is yours. 
Okay. So, in essence, uh, this this concept of how body camera footage is released uh, dates back to 2016, where it was a shooting in in, in the Queen City, Charlotte. Uh, a guy by the name of Keith Scott um, dropping his son off at the bus stop uh, had some mental health issues, and there was back-to-back shootings. Uh, a guy by the name of Jaquan Franklin as well uh, at a Burger King. So the the legislative, the Republican House, the Republican Senate, uh, state Senate, passed legislation in regards to body cam footage where only individuals who are in the the footage can request to see it. Um, now, this judge here certainly left some, some, some skepticism uh, in regards to his uh, integrity uh, in the interpretation of the law, but in essence, he's, he's correct in the sense that the son will be allowed to see it immediately, and of course, the rest of the public who's not in the video, then they can't see it until it's actually released. Uh, now, certainly that 20 seconds uh, of footage didn't help uh, anyone's skepticism that, that there's some under underbelly uh, currents here, but I tell you what speaks profoundly to me, and, and talking to some some of the, um, the, the the brothers that I've dealt with, and some of the law enforcement uh, guys, the community leaders, um, I have no doubt that there's going to be some some conviction, you know, immediately when you have seven individuals get suspended and three get fired, and that lends itself. Now, all of this conversation about you know he tried to run over him with the vehicle and stuff. Nobody can attest to that until you actually see the video footage. Uh, it could have very well been the fact that he had already been shot in the vehicle just moving uh, freely. But just by the mere fact that you had that many resignations and terminations uh, is, leads me to believe that um, just like in the Breonna Taylor uh, situation, you know, that, that murder, that there was some impropriety that went on in, in the violation of the law. So, you know, we, we have been dealing with a an extreme um, House and Senate for quite some time uh, with the gerrymandering and, and some of the other things that, that's going on. So, you know, again, I encourage people to get out there and participate if we want to make a change. Being exclusionary is not going to help in situations like this. But, again, I'm, I'm optimistic that there will be a conviction once everything comes out. That's good to hear. Now, let's bring in, uh, before we bring in, let, let me give Vanessa's comments. Vanessa, uh, when we look at what happened uh, with this young man, and, and listen, we talked about the other shootings within, I don't know, 48 to 72 hours of the Chauvin verdict. Uh, you had the young lady who got shot and killed, um, the 16-year-old. You had uh, uh, the young brother who got killed running from the police from the officer according to her mistakenly you know drew her weapon versus her taser and you have andrew brown uh, once again it's like everything is ramping up one of the things that someone said to me a while back was if trump didn't win the presidency that there would be a race war and you know i kind of looked at this person and said are you serious and when you look at all the mass shootings we've had so many mass shootings since Biden took office, you look at what's going on with these police officers, it's like they really don't care, Vanessa. They don't care 
they can sit and shoot and kill people, and I just don't get it. I don't understand how you would like to think the Chauvin verdict would be a, you know, some type of example to say, look, let's change the way we're doing business. Now, police recruiting is down across the nation. Um, my next guest is going to come in. She's going to give me some numbers on what's happening here in, in Houston. But, Vanessa, give me your thoughts on this thing. I mean, what are we looking at? I mean, they, they shot this guy in the back of his head as he tried to get away, according to his family, based on a 20-second clip that they saw. He's trying to get away because they were shooting at him. What's the you? You know what? I, you know what was really crazy to me was they were coming down with the verdict, and this other girl was getting shot. But I understand why she got shot with a knife in her hand and was fixing to stab somebody's child. But it's just so many incidents that have happened over the last three or four years. Especially, it seems like it everything was just expedited when Trump was in office. Like they just knew they were going to get away with it. And I also believe, because I asked a young man who lives across the street from me, that's a police officer. He's real young. He's about 30-something years old. I asked him about a lot of officers retiring and a lot of them not joining the force. And his comment to me was, and he is African-American, his comment was, because they can't necessarily get away with what they had been getting away with. So now that they know that they can't just, shoot and kill and get away with it or even charge people with felons and stuff so that they can't vote, a lot of them are not joining the force. And I had to stop and think about what that young man told me when he said that. And he calls me Miss Vanessa. He's like, Miss Vanessa, it's just different for them now. Now that this other man has been charged, we want to see just how many of them think that they're going to be able to get away with this kind of stuff without it being something said or done. So, you know, I, I, I pray that it gets better. I hope that it gets better. Um, and I hope that more police officers are convicted uh, on shooting a black person uh, in their own bed, in their house, sitting at their table eating ice cream instead of walking into the wrong apartment. I mean, having a woman standing there naked because she came in for work and they thought that it was her apartment. I mean, just ignorant, racist, stupid stuff. I just... I just hope that it stops, in my lifetime anyway. I hope it stops. Yeah. Well, here, here, um, I guess one of the things we could be thankful for is now we have access to a person that wore that uniform for over 22 years. She's a friend of the show. She was here last week. She's back here by popular demand. Let's bring her in. Retired Houston police officer Tracy Watson. Good morning, Tracy, and welcome back into the serious side. How are you? Good morning, Miss Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good, doing doing? well. Oh. Good, glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank well, you. we have another situation where, um, you know, once here's my question for you, and, and and I'm glad that you know you're becoming more accessible because there we have these questions, and it's always good to get it from a person that's actually, you know, Johnny D's in law enforcement as well, so we're not mm-hmm. by no means uh, saying that we don't have access to this information, but you guys mm-hmm. are looking at you guys are on two different sides. Uh, so right. here's my question for you. If if a subject or a suspect is fleeing, does that give an officer the right to use deadly force 
if they are in a car trying to drive away, even if it's an, uh, a warrant for a drug arrest or whatever the case may be, does that justify the use of, of deadly force when a person is fleeing trying to get away? Okay. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I just want everybody to know I can only speak for the agency that I work for, I retired from here in Houston, Texas. Okay. Understood. Um, no. <clears throat> it does not give officers the right to use deadly force. And our general orders changed years ago where we were not even allowed. If something happens, you're in a foot pursuit, they jump in a car, they start taking off, you are not allowed to put your body in front of that car because you put yourself in a deadly situation. You're not allowed to do that. If the person is getting ready to flee, such in the case of Brown, and I don't know how he ended up in that um, that vehicle anyways, but if it happened here in Houston and he jumped in that car and was fleeing, no officers with HPD would be able to stand in front of that car and try to stop him. And if he started driving, you are not allowed to shoot a person fleeing. DPS can, but we we are not allowed. Really? Yes. So DPS can, but HPD in this situation can't. That's interesting. Wow. HPD cannot shoot at a vehicle that is a suspect is fleeing in a vehicle from a, uh, a scene or something. No. So in the case of Brown, if HPD would have been out there, first of all, if he got in that vehicle and he was able to start driving it, we are not allowed to shoot at that vehicle. No. You're not allowed to shoot at him. So he wouldn't be dead in our situation. You would have got in your patrol car and you would have started following him. You would have had a, a, a pursuit or, you you know, you could have said, hey, we'll, we'll file another warrant on him, try to get him at a later date. But in a case like that, no. But DPS can. DPS can That's shoot at a fleeing vehicle. They can shoot at a vehicle on a highway. They can be in a helicopter oh. and shoot at a vehicle. So don't try DPS. Wow. DPS has totally different uh, general orders than HPD, but HPD, we're not allowed to shoot at uh, fleeing vehicles. You're talking no. about right. the back of white police cars, DPS? Really? DPS, yes. Yeah, oh, DPS. Wow. DPS can shoot at a fleeing vehicle. So <laughs> don't try to flee from DPS. They can shoot. They can be Absolutely. in a, um, one of their helicopters and shoot. If there is a chase, Yes, DPS can shoot. Interesting. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I mentioned at the top of the show an event that's going on in North Carolina. Uh, Johnny D, our brother, is speaking at this event. Johnny, uh, I want to turn the mic over to you. Uh, what do you have for us? John? Oh, John. Okay, Johnny's here. John, maybe you can unmute your mic. <laughs> There he is. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. How Good are morning. you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm Latisha Thrash, and I'm here, one of the sponsors and um, a leader, a leaders um, of Millennium Revival Center and Visions Institute for Youth. Uh, we have the North okay. Carolina Hope uh, Rally going on today, and Hope stands for Hedge of Protection for Everyone, and it's pretty much promoting. 
um, obedience from the youth, uh, obedience towards law enforcement and people of authority so that we could support them doing their job, as well as supporting our law enforcement, correctional staff, um, just so we can all be on the same page as it relates to the unrest that's, that's going on so we can be able to bring peace, pray for peace, pray for balance, and educate our community. Interesting. Now, we notice you have a lot of speakers there, a lot of judges, uh, a lot of people from law enforcement. So is this a situation that we're trying to find a way to bridge the gap between uh, the men and women in blue and our communities so we won't have the results that we're seeing in the news today? Is that what this is all about? Yes, this is what this is all about. Uh, my pastor and the founder of Visions Institute for Youth, uh, M. Lamont Cooper Sr., uh, he's the visionary of this uh, event, and he pretty much wanted to bridge the gap uh, with the different individuals, uh, with the different individuals um, that are on the panel, the judges to be able to educate why they do what they do, um, Gordon Hawkins, uh, who is here to talk about um, prevention of coming his way, and we have a motivational speaker. Uh, what I'm about to do is have my senior pastor to come and share um, with you as well, too, uh, concerning what I just mentioned. Um, since he's a visionary, it would be great for him to also share with you as well, if that is okay. Absolutely. Let's get him on. Okay, here now, he is right now. Okay, we're speaking with, uh, and who are we speaking with? He's the, I just named him. I, I'm ashamed of myself. I wasn't ready for this. All right. Hello, Pastor. How are you doing? Welcome into the serious side. Glad that you're on board. Thank you so much, sir. Hello. 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 I'm here. Thank you. Now, I'm speaking to Pastor M. Lamont Cooper, Sr., right? We can hear you. You are the organizer and the CEO of this event. Tell us more about uh, this event that's going on in Raleigh, North Carolina today. Yes. Yes, this is, this is held by uh, our church, Millennium Revival Center, where I serve as a senior pastor and also a Vision Institute for Youth, where I'm the executive director. And our goal is to step out into the community, come out of the church walls, come out from behind uh, structures, and let's hit the streets of the community and inspire our young people and young adults to, hey, uh, there's positive sides to life. We, we can beat this uh, brutality and this racism and all these assumptions. And let's bring hope to everybody, white, black, brown, and let's pray, let's love, let's sing, and have a day of positivity so we can stop seeing the slaughtery in the streets. Absolutely. Now, when you talk about participation, do you anticipate a lot of people being there? And, and as far as your message, if you had to tell, because, you know, we're, we're broadcasting worldwide, uh, talk to us about participation and give us a message for people in other cities who may be thinking about doing some, something like this uh, to try to bring the communities together, Pastor. Wow, thank you. Well, we're starting at 11, and so far we have 125 registered guests on campus. Uh, and we're Good. starting at 11, and we're hoping uh, that we get many more people from the city of Raleigh, Durham, Clayton, and the area to come on out and, and hear us. Uh, we have a great message. We have great speakers. Uh, uh, Ward Hawkins is with us. Judge Mike Morgan is here. Judge Ashley Dunstan is on the way. Sean Ingram is here. Uh, my youth pastor, Mike Gillespie, is here. I'm here. Uh, we got some other youth motivational speakers here that are, that are youth. So we're reaching all people. Uh, uh, we even start talking to the state capitol police that know us personally. They're here with us, and they're supporting what we're doing today. 
Absolutely. So now give us the address for people in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you're trying to attend this event, give them information on how they can get there. Uh, if there's any ticket information needed, just give us some general information, Pastor, if you don't mind. Thank you so kindly. Yes, we're uh, in between the National Hi uh, History Museums on the left and right at the Bicentennial Plaza, 1 Eatonton Street, uh, uh, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, right downtown uh, at the Bicentennial Plaza. We're right before you get to the state capitol. Uh, you, people can hear the music in about 10 minutes. We have a lot of celebration, no cost, no ticket. Uh, we're going to give free food away at the end. Uh, we have tables for counseling, tables for prayer, tables for children that have anger management issues, counselors on site, and just a great day of sharing resources. Now, one last thing, Pastor, before I let you go, because obviously you're not charging people to come, but this costs money. And so for people that are not in North Carolina, folks that listen all over the country, uh, is there a website where people can go and contribute to help with this moving forward? Is there any information you can share for those who may want to donate to this uh, worthy cause? Man, you are right on point because <laughs> I struck out. Believe it, hey, I'm tired of hearing the news of this person being shot, that person being uh, shot, this person being arrested, or this happening. I want to begin to invest in our young people. So I said, listen, let me go in the bank and let's pull out savings because we need sponsors. We need supporters. We've been asking businesses to jump on board with as little as $100. Uh, we have several businesses give us 1000 and 500 just this week. So you can go to uh, visit MRC is our Facebook page. Uh, visit MRC.org is our website. Once again, visit MRC is Facebook.org is website. Uh, my personal ministry is MLC uh, Cash App is dollar sign MLCM. MLCM. That's the cash app, and that money is transferred over to the to the Prairie Church Ministry, so that we can cover the tons of expenses. We we're giving away over 400 a place when this is all said and done, and drinks, scholarships to young people today, uh, uh, other giveaways. We want the teenagers, young adult college students, to be inspired, be positive. Well, Pastor, God bless you, and uh, we're going to make sure that information gets out there and people can help donate because I know it's uh, it's not free, and, uh, and what you're trying to do for the community is awesome. So we appreciate you. Uh, that is Pastor M. Lamont Cooper. Uh, we appreciate you. Have a great day, and thank you so much for spending a lot of time with us here on the serious side. Absolutely. Thank you for this time. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Take care. God bless. All right. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Radio Network. has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Congressman Matt Gates is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Congratulations. You've been selected for a three-night Bahama cruise. I'm more and more here. This might be a bad time, but remember that time you forgot your wallet? Yeah, I'm going to need you to go ahead and send me that money. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. Hey, Matt, this is Eric from Axe Body Spray. Uh, just calling to see if you need to re-up, man. Give me a shout. Uh, yeah, this message is for Matt Gates. Uh, we're calling from the Florida Man Association, and uh, we'd like to notify you that you've been nominated for our Lifetime Achievement Award. Please send us any um, evidence or video documentation you may have of yourself. Uh, it could be wiping out on a four-wheeler, uh, taunting an alligator from, from too close, 
uh, or using Venmo to pay women for sex and then taking pictures of those suspiciously young-looking women and sharing the photos on the floor of the United States House of Representatives as you keep track of your points-based sexual conquest competition while doing drugs and transporting women across state lines and all the while using your real name. Any any videos that might uh, uh, be of uh, that sort of substance uh, uh, will really help in, in, in helping us decide uh, who the Florida man should be. And uh, thank you very much. in the middle of a U.S. tour, and at every show, we take a minute to say a little something. Didn't feel right to be here today without doing the same thing, so I'm just going to talk for a minute about a way we can all continue to contribute to the fight for people of color that, in my experience, gets left out of the conversation, and that is signing up to make monthly donations to organizations that are fighting for black and brown lives. There are so many incredible organizations filled with people who are dedicating their lives and their expertise to fighting for change in ways that many of us aren't able to or we're not qualified to, but what we can do is give them the consistent monthly financial support that they need to continue the important work that they're doing. We usually highlight a local organization depending on what city we're in, but since this is going on the internet, please do some research wherever you are. There's amazing organizations all around. And if everyone who knows that black and brown lives matter was giving whatever they could on a monthly basis, our collective financial power is huge and we have to take advantage of that. There's a lot that I don't know, and there's a lot that I can't speak to as a privileged white person, but if we want to show true solidarity, we have to be doing this. It is our responsibility to spend our privilege this way. To quote the activist Brittany Packnett, the privilege you enjoy comes at someone else's expense. The privilege that you're hoarding could be put to good use. It could be used to create space, opportunity, resources, and amplification for someone else. Not because they need your saving, but because that's what you do with what you didn't earn. You give it away. So it's not charity, it's solidarity. And true solidarity means showing up respectfully, physically, mentally, and financially. So please, if you aren't already, go home tonight and sign up to make monthly donations. And if you are, just remember that as you grow professionally and financially, your responsibility to give grows with you. So spend your privilege. Thank you, guys. We have one more song left.
Sam, Amber, all of these guys are so talented. They all have projects. Please check them out. Just incredible music all over the place on the stage. So thank you so much for having us. Tiny Desk, we love you. We love this series. investigation found that an ex-Georgia cop had bragged in text messages about basically beating black people in the community and also specifically charging them in such a way that it would make it difficult for them to vote. So he got caught, luckily because the FBI was investigating this, they were investigating his text, and initially this was an investigation into illegal weapons. During these text exchanges, which were with other extremists, by the way, Cody Richard uh, Griggers of Montrose uh, was fired last November after the FBI contacted the sheriff there about the investigation into illegal guns and their alleged ties to a California man said to have made violent political statements on Facebook. Now, Griggers, that's the cop here, in text was said to have claimed that he was making uh, and gathering illegal firearms and explosives. So naturally, the FBI is like, we better look into that. And they did. FBI searched Grigger's patrol car and found a machine gun with an obliterated serial number, a weapon he was not allowed to have in his patrol car. An unregistered short barrel shotgun was found in his home. The statement went on. In all, between the defendant's residence and duty vehicle, officers found 11 illegal firearms. So he has um, already pleaded guilty to that, and he's facing a maximum of 10 years in prison as a result. Luckily, he's an ex-cop. He's not uh, you know, a deputy or anything anymore. Uh, but the second part of this is how he was communicating to other extremists about the way he feels about black people in the community. So he... Of course, tweeted, I'm sorry, texted all sorts of racist and bigoted things. Uh, he expressed viewpoints consistent with racially motivated violent extremism, including the use of racial slurs, slurs against homosexuals, gay people, and making frequent positive references to the Nazi Holocaust, prosecutors said in a statement announcing Griggers' plea. Um, I'm going to give you an example of something that he had written. Uh, I beat the expletive out of racial slur Saturday. Expletive tried to steal a gun magazine from the local gun store. Sheriff's department said it looked like he fell, meaning he beat him up so much that he looked like he fell and suffered a serious injury. The affidavit noted, quoting Griggers. Griggers went on to write that the beating was for him sweet stress relief. And uh, he also bragged about how he was intending to charge the guy and ensure that he would be unable to vote in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So that the, those last two uh, things are so important. Uh, we're back. Uh, it's 14 minutes after the hour. Um, sorry, the live shot really threw us off, but that's okay. We're going to try to get everything in and uh, try to give you the complete show. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two was a worthy cause. We're glad that we were able to take that live shot. Uh, as you heard, uh, a Georgia uh, police officer, uh, a former Georgia deputy, was uh, he has pleaded guilty to possession of unregistered firearms. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You heard about it. Uh, I guess the thing that really threw me off about this whole situation is that he talked about that he intended to charge black people with felonies in order to keep them from voting. 
And he said, this is a sign of beautiful things to come. I'm also going to charge them with whatever felonies I can to take away their ability to vote. And you wonder why people don't trust the police. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's start this conversation with you, Mr. Elias. I don't think we heard from you during uh, the last segment. It's hard to argue with you or Jerome when you talk about America not being racist, when you have stories like this that we talk about every week. You know, here's a police officer, a uh, former deputy, uh, talking about how he beat the S out of an N-word. Uh, and and I, once again, this is after everything that's gone on. This guy admitted this. Where's the body cam uh, uh, video of this? So, yeah, body cam videos are great, but if the body cams are not on, I mean, yeah. what the hell is yeah. the use? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it sounds to me that they have the ability to cut these things off and on. Now, I can see it both ways. I mean, if an officer has to go use the bathroom, they need to cut the damn thing off. <laughs> but it just seems to me that there should be some type of restriction because, listen, if it's not on, <laughs> hey, guess what? You're not going to see it. And apparently this guy's been beating the hell out of black folks had illegal weapons in his car. I guess he's going to use those to, to plant. It's amazing when you think about the mentality of people, Mr. Elias, and the things that they do and the just racist hate that they have in their heart. I mean, this country is supposed to be the most civilized country in the world. And you have people like this who don't like you because of the way you look. You haven't done nothing to them just because you're black. We don't like you. And so we're going to do things to keep you from being a part of the process. When you bastards came over here and stole this land from indigenous people, what say you, Mr. Elias? Well, you know, some Jay, it, it, it's 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 part of the course, man. I like say I'm not surprised by a lot of things. I'm not. I work with these people every day. I work with these same kind of people every day, and these same kind of people feel like they're entitled. You know, I, I tell a story all the time where the <laughs> I'm where I am. I'm 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 the guy. So for the union, and the guy come to me and said they want me. Can you believe this? I want to use my own cell phone, and the company bought them a cell phone. And he said they want me to use their cell phone on this business on 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 their time. I want to file a grievance. I said, well, hey, well, dude, I've never said this to anybody, but you will be filing this one by yourself. So I'm gonna let you turn this over to the union. This guy was so. He was so enamored, uh, he was so mad that he had to use his uh, company cell phone on company business because he felt entitled. This is this is they still entitled about a lot of things, man. And you know they don't like you because of the color of your skin. I got I, I heard all the comments like when 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 Trump got in office, how they were talking about how we finally got a first lady that looks good. I'm like. And when I when I stepped out the locker room, I gave it to him. But the bottom line is, man, this is nothing new. This case, man, it, it's just, as disgusting as it is, there's, there's got to be certain. Uh, I don't know how many cases out there of police officers just like them. There's got to be a bunch of them out there. And and the, and the federal government right now is saying that they're trying to crack down on these people that that are white right wingers. They're, 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 you know, they're racist. They're trying to crack down. But you it's can't. A problem with them. They're, well, they're trying to track down, track down extremists. That's what they're trying to do right now. 
So it's hey. hard, though, and this is going to be an abbreviated segment because we, we definitely, once again, the live shot took a lot of time. But I definitely want to get everybody's opinion on this before we get out of here. So uh, we're going to take uh, personal privilege. We'll take an extra three minutes to do it. All right, Jerome, man, listen, uh, you made some valid points earlier in the show. And matter of fact, one of I'm reading some comments now. People were really appreciative of what you said earlier when we talked about, you know, the country being racist, per se. But once again, like I said, when I asked Mr. Elias the same question, I mean, how can I argue your points when we continue to have to do stories like this? It's like living while black. It's amazing that people who work for a government has this mentality. There's no way, Jerome, at least I can't think of a way, of how do you weed these people out? How do you know? I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to tell you they're racist when they fill out their application. But here's a situation, once again, you worry about black people not trusting the cops. Here's a story where, bam, he's admitting beating the hell out of black folks, and he's admitting charging them with whatever felonies he can come up with to take away their constitutional right to vote. Sounds familiar? What say you, Jerome? Yeah, well, none of us are um, should be surprised. It, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's kind of why I made the comments that I made is that we can't get that out of people. I mean, just think, and I know this is going to be a little rough for Sunday morning, but, you know, we're talking about folks who, you know, watched black folks lynched and went ahead and did their laundry, you know, or watched them burn somebody black and then eat their, you know, their liver and stuff. Like, we watch that. They watch that stuff. So there's something, it does something to your humanity. That's not in our ancestors, but that has happened in this country. And we can't act like it did not happen. We're doing ourselves a disservice because now we're not accounting for the pathology that happens after, you know, you've witnessed that or lived that. You know, people were sending postcards, how's your day, with people being lynched on the front of the postcard. Now, you tell me what it is that you can change in someone's humanity to make them look at the world a little bit different. I, I don't. I can't. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that, and that's the point. There's nothing you can say to, uh, to to weed these people out. Vanessa, give me your thoughts on this one real quick. I don't have any. I'm going to pass because you're running out of time anyway. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Let me get. Uh, let me talk to uh, Officer uh, Watson. Um, <laughs> let me ask you a question uh, real quick here about body cam. Uh, the video, I mean, this is fed into a, a a large, how do they capture this stuff? It's not, the officers do not have access to the video, right? The video is being fed into some other place where it's being kept. How does that work? Can you give us a real quick uh, breakdown on body cam video and how, how all that works? Sure. Um, the officers, and like I said, only HPD, the officers, uh, when they get dispatched to calls, they have the body cams. And you have to turn that body cam on before you even take your seatbelt off. If your seatbelt is off before that body cam comes on, and they do random, um, they do random reviews of different body cams. If you are caught taking your seatbelt off before that body cam comes on, you're in trouble. They will write you up, and you can get suspended. You know, um, so they make it where. The body cam videos come on before you take your seatbelt off, before you turn that car off, before you jump out of that car. You have to have that body cam video on. Um, that body, body cam video does not go on pause until if you have, have, if you have the suspect in custody, 
then you have to call the Harris County District Attorney's Office, and that's what I wanted to tell you all about. We can't just make an arrest and just say, okay, you did this and, and take you right to jail. You have to call the Harris County District Attorney's Office where you, where you speak to one of the assistant district attorneys. You tell them everything that you have. At that time right then, that assistant district attorney will review the facts that you have or alleged facts that you have, and they will let you ha say yay or nay if you can make that arrest. If they say nay, you got to cut that person loose. They don't get to go to jail. But during that conversation, the body cam is off. As soon as you finish that phone call with that assistant district attorney, you got to turn that body cam back on. If they do a review and they see that video camera is not on, once again, you're going to get written up. You're going to get days off. They are serious about that. You have no way of going into that system and, and deleting anything because at the end of your shift, you take it inside that roll call room, you put it into a little computer, and it takes all the information of every single call you went on, and it downloads it into uh, uh, one of their other systems where they are able to go in and look at it. They can keep it, and, and they do random uh, reviews of it. So there's no way around our body camp. And I have seen officers get days off because they took their seatbelt off before they turned that body cam on. Before you do anything, wow. as you're riding up, you better turn that body cam on because if not, you will get days off, and they mean it. I've wow. seen officers get days off for, for not doing it. But I'm only speaking for HPD, and when right. I say about calling and making arrests, I'm only speaking about the agencies in Harris County. Right. Absolutely. Thank you for that disclaimer. Uh, we'll be right back mm -hmm. after this. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Beat them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys. Freedom come, hold on, won't be long. Freedom, freedom come, hold on, won't be long. Southern leaves, southern trees we hung from. Barren souls, heroic songs unsung. Forgive them, Father, they know there's not as undone. Tied with the rope that my grandmother died. Pride of the pilgrims affect lives of millions. Since slave days separating fathers from children. Institution ain't just a building. But a method of having black and brown bodies fill them. We ain't seen as human beings with feelings. Will the U.S. ever be us, Lord willing? But now we know the new Jim Crow, the stop, search, arrest of our souls. Police and policies patrol, philosophies of control. A cruel hand taking hold. We let go to free them so we can free us. America's moment to come to Jesus. Come on. Sings for 
freedom to bring Black bodies being lost in the American dream Blood of black being a pastoral scene Slavery still alive, check amendment 13 Not whips and chains are subliminal Instead of N-word, they use the word criminal Sweet land of liberty, incarcerated country Shot me with your gun, and now you want to stump me Prison is the business, America's the company Investing in injustice, fear and long suffering Staring in the face of hate again The same hate they say will make America great again No consolation prize for the dehumanized For America to rise is a matter of black lives And we gon' free them so we can free us America's moment to come to Jesus Come on
Welcome back in 347-850-127231 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. It's time to say good morning to our palace like we always do at around about this time. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa May Bell from the Mackinac. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jerome, because I didn't get to speak to you. And thank you, ma'am, for being here, Miss um, Miss HPD officer. We appreciate. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of the Miss HPD officer, retired HPD officer Tracy uh, Watson is in the house. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the man who I call the smartest brother in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome is in the house. Man, good morning, Jerome. What's happening? Hey, I'm good, man. Good morning. And good morning, Vanessa. And I don't want to call her Miss HPD officer. <laughs> so we don't do that, but good morning. And good morning, LES, too, brother. Yeah, you created a riot. You created a, I mean, boy, it was a, it was a storm happening on uh, uh, on our social media sites because we didn't have our, our our weekly edition. So he's back in the house. So have no fear, the man is here on a need to know basis coming up here in about thirty minutes or so. And the man who gets the first and the last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E today. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning to you, sir. And uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, Momo B. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Tracy. Good morning, good my morning. brother, Hawk. And good morning, my brother, Juno. Ooh, and uh, he didn't say good morning to one person. I, I, no, no, no. I was getting ready. To, when you said... <laughs> Nobody said yeah, I'm never gonna forget Marion and music, my brother. I know. You know, I know. I got to do. You tell the other people in the chat room. I'm gonna tell you who's in the chat room, and then I'm gonna give it to Marion and music. Now, go ahead with your right, Mr. LS, My bad. I didn't follow protocol. Who's in the chat room, Mr. Elias? Okay, well, in the chat room we got Air Nine uh, uh, Three Two One. We got Purple Pill. We got our very own Rich Sister, and we got. Uh, Y'all jockey in there. And Mariana Music, uh, good morning to you, my darling. And that is, the first song was Moonchild. The name of the song is called The List. And that last one was by Common Free. Mr. Elias, now, we haven't heard from Kavina Man in the last few weeks, huh? Yeah, I'm a little worried about Kavina Man. He has not been in there. Yeah, I'm up to... Yeah, I'm about to reach out to him and see if he's okay. Man, I mean, you know, he's been gone. This is the third week we haven't heard from Kavina, man. That's unusual, but I'm friends with him on Instagram. I'm going to reach out to him after the show and see if everything's okay. Because that's our guy there. We love some Kavina, man. So, uh, Kavina, yeah, man, if you're listening, cool. tape delay. We love you, brother, and we want to make sure you're okay. Glad that hopefully you're in the house, and I'll reach out to you on Instagram after this is over with. Let me say what's up to the pastor. Marietta Music is in the house. Jamika is in here. Now, it's interesting. She checked in last week. I'm, I'm going to read her comments during uh, State Case. Winston, Ray, Phyllis, Tommy, all these people listening. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listening from all across the world. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that call-in number. And now I'll take this opportunity to get the show back on track. Let's jump into our next topic. Mississippi is poised to ban transgender athletes from competing in women's sports in schools and universities. The state legislature passed the so-called Mississippi Fairness Act earlier this week. 
Last night, the Republican governor, Tate Reeves, tweeted that he would sign the bill, writing, and I quote, it's crazy we have to address this. Mississippi isn't the only state debating this issue. Idaho passed a bill banning transgender women from competing in women's sports last year, but a federal district court has suspended the law and it's yet to be enacted. Across our nation, at least 26 states have now introduced similar bills, mostly in Republican-controlled state legislature. Not only uh, in Republican states, in an 11th hour maneuver, Republicans on Wednesday revived an approved bill to ban transgender females from competing in girls and women's sports in Florida, sending this bill to Governor Ron DeSantis' desk as the legislative session uh, hurries towards a scheduled end on this past Friday. Now, this is going to be a... um, this time is going to be a little difficult here, I think, for me. But let's just get into the conversation and let's just ask a straight-up question. Let me start with you, Jerome, man. What's your opinion on this? Do you think transgender females, should they participate in female sports? You know, honestly, I do not have an opinion. Interesting. You don't. Yeah, I really don't. I don't know what – I don't. I don't know. I mean – I, just because I can see an argument of saying that it may be unfair in sports that there's, you know, upper body strength. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just never – I don't know. You're going to have to you yeah. have to go up me. But I, that, I think that I, I'm just going to have to leave that to people who are more familiar with that, um, with the topic or, or have relationship to it somehow. Um, this is where I would seek counsel. I would have to know. I don't know enough to even have an opinion. All I know well, you is know that I don't like Bruce Jenner, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> I know that pretty clear. I'm pretty clear you know, on the that thing one. is, it's funny you bring that up because he, I guess, well, she was on The View and. There was this big uproar about how is it Joy Behar? She kept calling him he, and people were all been out of shape behind it. And and he said he really didn't care because of he's not worried about the misuse of pronouns. But this is a sticky topic because let's be honest, this is something that's more on the liberal side. And you know, as I begin to talk about this, I'm starting to see comments come in already. Um, this situation is different because Bruce Jenner, or Kat, what was it, Kaylin Jenner, whatever whatever his name is or her name, um, never went through the process of becoming a female. So, you know, she still has all her male parts. And this is a, t- a touchy topic because I used to be a head coach. I used to be involved with sports at a very high level. I was talking to my daughter about this yesterday. I told her that we were going to talk about this on the show, and she she, she said some things to me that uh, I'm going to withhold that information until I get the opinion of the two other females that's with us this morning. So let me, Vanessa, let me let me talk to you about this because I was curious as to what you would say about this. Do you think transgender females should they participate in women's sports? I do not. 
And I do not because they were born a man, so they still have the muscular. Um, I'm gonna. I know this sounds funny, so don't be messaging Jay. My brother was gay, so don't go there. They still have the muscular inside of a man. The body um, structure of a man, yeah. Most of them yeah, the whole they, nine yards. Okay, so I don't think that's fair to put the muscular structure of a man up against a woman's seal. I just don't. So I don't think it's fair huh. that they do a competition against another female. But that's, again, don't send Jada ugly messages. It's just my opinion of being oh, fair. They're, they're coming already. I'm looking at them now. Oh, I uh, don't care. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, okay. Uh, so, what about you? Uh, wait, wait a minute. Let me say this. Ahead. Let me say this real quick yes, because I've been yes, kind of quiet. Yes, ma'am. So, yes, ma'am. and I've never, ever, ever hidden that my brother was gay. My brother was bisexual. I, he was right. married to a woman. They knew the man. All of that. I ain't never hid that in all the years I've been in the show with y'all. So, right. I just my opinion is just my opinion. But he took me around before he passed away. So I'm not being ugly when I make my comments. I'm just telling you how I feel mm-hmm. about what I'm mm-hmm. subject to. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying to y'all. It makes mine. all the sense in the world. Nobody else yeah, can make me being funny or a gay person or whatever. It's just, it's just not. I don't right. think that a man can get out there and run track up against a woman, and just because you got some hormones in you to have a little boobs and some hair, it's going to make you a female, and you can go run. Unless you were born that way and you don't have those muscles and all that other stuff taken out of your body, you still have them. Anyway, moving mm. on. I'm going to church. Come on. <laughs> Praise Jesus. All right. Uh, what about you, Tracy? Give me your thoughts thoughts on this. I, I agree with Miss Vanessa. <laughs> I agree with her one hundred percent. I do. I do. It, okay. It, you should not you, you it's not fair. It's not fair. Men are, are structurally stronger than a woman. So no, it's not fair. Okay, so now it's time for me to disclose what my daughter said to me yesterday before I get Mr. Elias's opinion on this. Uh she talked about how when a person is, and here's, see, this is my ignorance, and I'm going to admit that I'm ignorant of it, because there are people who are trying to make that transition from male to female or vice versa, and they go through the operations, they take all the hormones, they take the estrogen, and, <gasps> Mr. Elias, you heard what I just said? I said that word. Estrogen. Oh, yeah, I can't say it again. See, I wasn't thinking. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm going to screw it up. So, 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 you know, they take those, they do these things in preparation. So my daughter's telling me that once they get the right amount of, see, I messed up. See, there it is. Get that in them. Uh, then, you know, they're going to be a female. And, well, and hell, so I'm, thinking, I'm still in menopause. And I'm taking estrogen, <laughs> and it ain't something me, dog, and I'm almost 60 years old. So I don't want to hear you tell your daughter, and you know 
I both I know both of them that I said that Miss Vanessa is almost sixty years old and my doctors are wondering why I'm still taking hormones. So hormones don't always do the trick of changing stuff. Because if it did, I wouldn't be having hot flashes. So you Tell your daughter that she needs to sit back, and when she gets some hormones and she gets a little bit older, she'll understand what Miss Vanessa say about a hot flash and wake up and her, her nightgown is on the floor because she's having a hot flash in her sleep. Mm, mm, don't tell me nothing about no transgender person taking some hormones and their bodies are completely changed. Hell, I was nope. born a woman, and I'm still taking them, and I've been taking them for the last 20 years, and my doctors are wondering why. So I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Y'all can write J every letter in the book. I do not care. Well, thank you, Vanessa, for that, and appreciate it. And I will pass that information along to my daughter. That struck a nerve with me, Jay. I'll let her know. She loves you, too. I would. She she just loves you to death. I'll let her know that that struck a nerve with with, uh, you and uh, let you guys fight that out. Uh, go ahead, Jerome. I sounds like you're trying to say something. No, no, I, I was going to say too. eat more soy. That has a lot of estrogen in it, by the way. Just have some soy. There you go. There you go. Public service that announcer. That doesn't help. I've been there, done that 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got hey, We really got like, hooked on him, didn't we? Wow. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Elias, man, help us out with this thing, man. She has went off. Yes, Miss Elias. Um, look, man, uh, I don't know how I feel about that either, to be honest, because you're born a man, and if you look, if you look characteristically at how these how these people are running against these uh, women, dude, they're, 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 these people, they're, they're, they're doing, wow, they're, they're, huh? Don't do that, Jay. You said these me. people. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, I, I can, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at some stuff. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. We're all struggling, Jay. We're struggling. <laughs> I know. That's my. I'm admitting it, Jerome. I'm admitting it. We should have talked about this. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, Mister Elias. Wow. Well, they're beating. They're beating these women. They're beating them. They're beating them. So, I mean, what, do you have proof of that? And in the track meets, yes. Yeah. And the track meets, yes. They are beating them. They are beating them. Yeah, the because world. remember, they banned, they banned steroids. They banned you having extra testosterone in men's events, like uh, when you're lifting weights or true. running, that you get testosterone shots to actually build more muscle mass. So, but if you're generating that naturally, then there has to be something to be said about that. So I don't know, again, the answer to that question, but I can see why that would be problematic. So maybe ban them in certain sports and not in others. I don't know. Yeah. Right? But uh, you're generating more testosterone than the people who, um, see, I'm never mind. I'm before Jay go, those people that I'm going to say, like then then the women, (laughs) I don't know. I'm out. (laughs) You know what? I'm out too. Let's let's, let's, let's go. We're going to leave this one alone because we are, oh boy, we're, we're out. We'll be right back after this with uh, State Your Case. Oh, my God. Let's get out of here. This message comes from NPR sponsor Kroger, whose associates are constantly checking to make sure everything they sell is at the peak of freshness. That's why everything at Kroger is guaranteed fresh or they'll make it right. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Thailand is battling a third wave of coronavirus, leading to a record death toll there. Michael Sullivan reports on new restrictions Bangkok is imposing. Authorities on Sunday reported 1,940 new confirmed cases. Even more worrisome is the number of daily deaths. 21 on Saturday and again today. Record highs in a country that managed to keep the virus largely in check for more than a year. The third wave includes the B117 variant, first reported in Great Britain. Roughly half the total number of cases and deaths in Thailand have occurred since the third wave began. The new restrictions in the capital Bangkok and in Chiang Mai mean restaurants can only offer takeout, cinemas and bars are now closed in the capital as well. And people arriving in Thailand must also spend 14 days in quarantine, no matter where they're coming from, even if they've been vaccinated. For NPR News, I'm Michael Sullivan in Chiang Rai, Thailand. Today in Israel, it's a day of national mourning. 45 people were killed last week after a stampede broke out at a crowded religious ceremony. At least 10 children were among the victims. So were four Americans, a Canadian and an Argentinian. Israeli leaders are coming under fire for allowing the mass gathering to happen despite years of warnings over safety lapses. Thousands of demonstrators marched in London this weekend. They're rallying against a bill that free speech groups say would give British police more power to crack down on peaceful protests. Several arrests were made. I'm Amy Held in Washington, and you're listening to NPR News. for uh, Pastor Steve Stacher case where we read comments from our world famous chat room and from social media. Mr. L to the E to the S uh, my brother from another mother, uh, what do you have, do you, if anything, to read from this morning's show? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have some stuff in here. It says, uh, from the okay. Jack, it says, great Sunday morning family. I must agree with Mr. Elias. Jay, you cannot win this argument. This is a racist-ass country. And then Green Beasy said the country is founded on principle of submission, rape, and murder. Why act surprised? And then uh, Rich Sisters sisters said, uh, go ahead, I just lost it. And also, on a side note, man, Corvina Man is here with us. I didn't see him, but he is here. Oh, look, what's up, Kavina? We were worried, my brother. We was going to send an APB out on you. Why Jackie didn't call in this morning? That's interesting. All right, let me uh, get to uh, some comments here. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, Pastor Steve, he says, peace and blessings, family. Like, well, actually, it ain't really you. Like many of you, okay. Uh, oh, here, here he is. He says, uh, God bless John and his supporters for their efforts in our community. Uh, please post financial information for those of us who would like to support their cause in North Carolina. I will do that, Pastor. I will uh, put it on this show page. So uh, come back probably later on tonight, and I'll have that information posted. Uh, go back and listen if you're just tuning in. Uh, what Johnny D is doing in North Carolina is beautiful. Um, we want to support that as best we can. All right. Uh, Colin from Stockton, California. Great show. Is the U.S. a racist country? Well, I was on Jay's side until Jerome broke it down. The mentality of white supremacy is strong, and if you are not careful, you can get caught up in it. This reminds me of a video that I saw back in the early 80s when they gave a little black girl a choice between a white baby and a black one. She chose the white one. 
okay. Mariana Music, Mr. Elias, correct me if I am wrong. Is this the first time you played hip-hop on the show? Oh, my God, I loved it. The message, the flow, FYI, you never gave me the name of one of the selections from last week. Mariana Music, or she on it. Uh, Jamika from Pasadena. Is that Texas or California? She says, I owe Officer Watson an apology. Last week I accused her of being a blue puppet. <laughs> she should. She sounds like, what does it say? She sounds like, oh, it sounds like she was an outstanding police officer. Thank you for your service and your in-depth knowledge of law enforcement. Oh, look at that. Winston from Sarasota, Florida. Uh, <laughs> the addition of Officer Watson to your show is a good move. She, her input is priceless. Wait a minute, Whitson. She, she, she just visiting. She, she ain't trying to stay. Well, you know, she can't All right, Ray from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> the transgender discussion was on point. A delicate topic indeed. Okay, Ray. Ray, Phyllis don't agree with you. Phyllis from Houston, Texas says, I can't believe what I'm hearing on the subject of transgender sports. Your ignorance on this topic is unbearable to listen to. Ouch! Stick to topics that you know. No longer a listener. Wow, Felicia, she's gone. Sorry. Carrie from uh, Katy, Texas. It's obvious It's obvious that you all don't know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to the transgender <laughs> That's it, we're done with it. <laughs> yeah, we, we said that oh, up front. We did. I said oh, that I don't know. And on that note, you know what time it is. Oh, my God. Online radio at its best. All right, it's time for our final thoughts, man. We lost a listener this morning and everything, and we gained a new person. Wow, you can't beat this with a stick. All right, <laughs> final thoughts. Vanessa, give us your final thoughts. Oh, boy. Wow. I'm just going to get off the car, so I'm so glad. You know what? I don't pretend to yes. know everything there is about a transgender because I don't have anybody in my family that's a transgender, and I don't particularly want to go to school and get a degree in knowing anything about a transgender. I was there. I was only telling you my opinion of a transgender running or doing a sport against a regular female. So whatever yeah. y'all think about it, that's just that, your thought. I'm on my way into church. Y'all have a blessed week. See ya. Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Go pray for everybody that said what they said. Thank you, Vanessa. Love you. All right, uh, Trace, man, final thoughts. <laughs> wow. That didn't, that didn't end too good, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. Your final thoughts, Tracy. Oh, boy. Um, I just, hey, I think we might we might want to stick topics. We, we at least have one person in the room to think about. No. Wait, 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 hold on, wait a minute. Let me say this in, in our defense. The whole, the, the serious side, the whole premise of the show basically was all about friends meeting for brunch and just talking. As if you were sitting in a barbershop or a diner. So don't listen. We're not resident experts. Now, Jerome knows what he's talking about. But the rest of us, we just, well, you know what you're talking about. But the rest of us is just here. So get away from us. We're America. That being said, I'm sorry, uh, Tracy. Finish your no, no, thoughts, no please. problem. No problem. No problem. No, I just want everybody to have a good, safe week. That's it. Just be, have a good week. All right. Safe. That's it. Be careful out there, y'all. Be careful out there, y'all, from Officer Watson. And uh, who knows, she may be back next week since they're putting her on the show. All right. Uh, the smartest <laughs> man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, man. Final thoughts. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you know, I want to I want to say this to Tracy because I really appreciate um, what she said, um, especially when it comes down to, you know, policing. And, and I'm glad Houston Police Department is doing that. 
in explaining what the DA's role, opposed to an officer's role is, kind of takes it out of the hands of every police officer being a certified paralegal, right? All the police officers don't know every law that there is or what's prosecutable or not. And so if you start taking the power out of these races, police officers who are just making stuff up on the fly and they have to go, hey, I pulled them over and I did this, they're going to be like, no, this is going to get thrown out, right? And you get to curb a lot of this. We actually need some oversight because it's something that we never really cover and nobody ever talks about. So I'm glad she, she, you know, said that as far as their policy is concerned because that is actually really good and good to know that there is somebody there, like when you get pulled over um, and you're by yourself, that the officer is not making those decisions on his own. That is very comforting. And I think that sometimes the community needs to hear that, right? Um, For those police departments that can't shoot you from the helicopter, you need to know who they are too. But at the same time, you just really need to try to have, seriously, seriously, you're like, don't play with them. They don't have sense. But you, you do need to know that, and it makes it safer for the officers. So I just wanted to say much respect to her, and shout out to Mariana Music, too, as well, since Jay's going to probably get on me a little bit later. <laughs> if you listen to over <laughs> see, man, see, 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 I'm telling you, I love this guy so much that so y'all, we're trying to create these fake controversies. That's my guy. There's nothing I won't do for that man who just spoke right there. So y'all get up off it. I love that man unconditionally, even though, you know, I love him. All right, Michelle, yeah. man, final thoughts. I love that guy. On a personal note, uh, this is the Tracy. Welcome to the show. Uh, the same thing you just huh? did. Johnny whoa, did. whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. What did you just say? Stop. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Um, but oh, I, my God. That's on the side. That's on the side. Now, welcome to the show, Tracy. Jay, Jay has well, well, I don't know if he's playing or not, but still. Um, look, welcome to the show, Tracy. Uh, you're going to be a great addition to the show. Jay, Jack, like, it, it, he's getting the emails. He's getting the whatever. Welcome to the show. So stop, Jay. Don't act like that. Please don't. Don't do that in front of people. Don't. Don't do Be that. Nice. Please don't. <laughs> don't. 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 Huh? Huh? What? Y'all stop. Y'all, y'all stop. Stop, stop. 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 We love each other. Come on. Come on. We love each other. You said the same thing about Johnny D. Johnny D. Like, hey, I'm here now. I ain't going nowhere. Same thing with Vanessa. They ain't here now. They ain't going nowhere. So welcome to the show, Tracy. Uh, but hey, I'm, I'm going to leave y'all with this one. Hey, get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. Look, they're trying to stop us from voting. Get out and, and, and protest all this garbage that Georgia's doing, that Texas is doing, because they're trying to stop us in the midst of our tracks from voting. And if you don't have a voice, if you don't have a vote, you don't have a voice. So get out there and do what you got to do to stop these, 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 these state legislatures from stopping you from voting, because they know how important the vote is. And for all, all of you guys who say the vote is important, remember this. It's trying to stop you for a reason. Well, my final thoughts, I was going to say something. Uh, I was concerned about Mr. Elias, but after, because of something that happened yesterday, but after the way he acted today, I am happy. Uh, and let me just explain what happened to Mr. Elias yesterday. Mr. Elias went to visit my mother yesterday, and when he walked in the house, my mother's dog bit the hell out of him. And, and so I was concerned about him being bit, but now after his performance today, all I can say is, Butch, if he comes back, bite him in the ass again. Bite him in the ass again. 
bite him in the ass again. And on that note, bite his ass in. I'm going to visit her again. And well, hey, I hope I'm he bites your ass, ass again, too. I'm a well, good. Butch, Butch, get your teeth ready. Sharpen your teeth. Go bite on gnaw some wood, but make sure it's nice and sharp so when he's sharp, you bite his ass again. And on that note, Mr. Elias, <laughs> it's a Sunday. <laughs> and we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? <laughs> it's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. No. It's always good to end the show with some humor. Uh, so, Vanessa, for Vanessa, for Jackie. Oh, for Tracy, for uh, Mr. Elias, John, <laughs> Jerome, I'm Jay Rod. Have a wonderful work week. Remember, it's Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. Coming up next, it's on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Spring. I can't wait to get that black history nugget. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get that black history. I can't wait to get the black history moment. I'm just being honest with you. Thank you very much. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. It is time for On a Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome. It's free, man. Jerome, man, the floor is all yours. What do you have for us this week? Um, you know, nothing much. I'm just chilling, man. Just going to talk to y'all for a little bit. I'm just joking. All right, so first of all, <laughs> what, what month is it, Jay? What month? It's uh, May. It's May. Is it Black History Month? Because I could have sworn we did Black History Month and then unconfirmed Black History Month, and we're in May. <laughs> it's Black like, History Month, three sixty-five up in this piece, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, it's so, unconfirmed you know, Black History Month. Okay, so I am go- here. Here's what I'm going to do today. Um, from the the information or from the text and stuff that I got from doing unconfirmed Black History, everybody keeps asking me to do unconfirmed Black History during the week. So I'm like, I cannot just keep doing unconfirmed black history. So since I missed last week, I am going to do two unconfirmed black histories just before, just so you have something um, to last you during the week. So the first one is um, in the late 50s, outside of Columbia, South Carolina, there was a farmer named June. And of course, he picked on everybody. So you know what they called him. He bugged him, right? So June had a donkey that plowed the land, and he used him for everything. So during the winter months, June would get credit from the general store um, just on his word alone, and the cashier would put a check mark by his name for each item that he got. So this particular winter, he went crazy ordering everything that he knew would put a lot of work on his animal. So his wife, Pat, found out. Um, she found out what he did and tried to get him to stop and became the first person to use the phrase, don't let your mouth write a check that your ass can't cash. That would be our <laughs> black history. <laughs> that would be Jim in his, in his donkey. So our next unconfirmed black history is, you know, this is this is a, a two for one. So in, wait, wait a minute, is Kathleen here? Kathleen did it. I don't see it. You know? Oh, Kathy's not under there. Okay. So, because this one has to do with with her neck of the woods. So, 
wanted to bring her in. But on in June, uh, I'm sorry, in the 1981, a young man named Vance moved to Queens, New York, with his family. On his very first day in the neighborhood, he noticed a very cute girl across the street named Tasha. So Tasha was about a year or so older, but Vance couldn't take his eyes off her. After a month of smiles and side glances in her direction, he got the nerve to speak to her. And she was really nice to him, but he was moving too fast. That's when Tasha made history with two phrases at one time. Vance asked for her number, and she replied, How about... How about I don't and say I did? That was the first one. <laughs> and, and the second one, and she followed up by saying, I don't know you. That's where that came from. Queens, New York, 1981. That's our unconfirmed black history. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going in crazy for <laughs> Hey, how about I don't say I did? That's all I want to say. That's where that came from. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I forgot, Trey, is it Tracy? I know we have somebody new on the show, and I probably didn't do black, uh, unconfirmed black history while she was on the show. So unconfirmed black history is black history that um, is unconfirmed, but we suspect that's where it came from. So we have a research department. Go on and take a look. That's all it is. Unconfirmed black history. <laughs> all right. So, you know, um, this this week, you know, our first story, this is going to be all about, like, pretty much climate change, our first couple of stories. So wealthy nations account for 14% of the world's population, yet consume 52% of resources that Earth produces every year. So it's mm. causing an ecological poverty in poor areas, um, homes to 5.4 billion people. So... The United States consumes a ton more than what we actually use, and we're causing, you know, we mm. take our trash to other countries. Like, we, never mind. We won't even get on that part of what we're doing <laughs> to the rest of the world. Yeah. So, researchers in France mm. have analyzed high-resolution maps of over 200,000 glaciers um, from the past two decades to understand how they've changed, worrying that they're calculations indicate like they indicate between 2000 and 2019 we mm. lost a total of 267 gigatons of ice per year Ooh. it accounts for 21 percent of sea level rise that's what i say so, yeah, that's, that's that's why the sea level is rising my god yeah mm. 267 gigatons of ice Mm. So, now, this actually bleeds into our next story. There are what they're calling ghost forests in North Carolina. Like, and so they're invading North Carolina coast due to those, hising, those rising sea levels is poisoning the woodlands with seawater. So the oh, ghost yeah. forests have invaded 11% of North Carolina's alligator wildlife ref- refuse due to that rising sea level that's pushing that seawater inland. It poisons mm. living trees and turns them into lifeless trunks. So it's just like, you know, this brown area now in North, in North Carolina, right on their coast, mm. getting too much seawater. And again, wow. I like the fact that the Republicans are like, we we don't, I, where's the proof? You know, global warming <laughs> yeah, like is hotter than ever, 
right? You can like, play ignorance all you want to. Like um, Ted Cruz said, I believe in it. When 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 Texas freezes over, well, you about to stop <laughs> and it freezes over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they also, you know, just had another one that uh, another study that scientists are saying that melting glaciers from climate change is causing the Earth mass um, Earth mass in the mid 90s to turn the poles eastward. So they're saying that our poles are turning faster um, because of the ice shift. It's the weight of the Earth. The Earth Earth wobbles, by the way. So they're saying that with those glaciers melting, our poles are shifting. And you know what that means. If you watch any of Mm -hmm. the, what's that movie Uh, with Kevin Costner, I think it is? Yep. Whatever. Yeah. When when New York mm-hmm. City and all that fleet is over, Pro's yeah, over. that's yep. yes, that's a that's a pole shift. If you don't know what it is, so if the poles shift, mm. you know, the north will be the south, the south will be the north. You know, we'll be, mm. we'll have that happen. Now, Boeing has fired sixty five employees and um, disciplined fifty three for racist and hateful conduct after their CEO implemented a zero tolerance policy in the wake of George Floyd's death. So the mm. aerospace company fired 65 people. Wow. It, you know, although zero tolerance usually works against us for some reason, <laughs> this day, <laughs> th- at this point, corporations, uh, a friend of mine coined this term, I think, I think she coined it, but she said that corporations are going through this diversify or die mode, and they're really saying, <laughs> You know, if if we can't do business with people of color, we're going to end up going out of business. So yeah. the racist people who work for those companies who've been enforcing, you know, white supremacy and all this other stuff, they're starting to get fired because they don't understand mm-hmm. why they can't still be really white and racist. Like they don't understand <laughs> it, but your those dollars, we're cap, they're capitalists first. When those dollars start drying up, they're gonna get, hey, they're gonna be out. So yeah. That it, it's it. interesting when to see. You heard them in their pockets, man. Yep. When you heard yep. their pockets. When you heard them in their it. pockets, then it looks a lot different. So mm-hmm. a federal judge declared um, two Proud Boys uh, organizations too dangerous to be free. Two two members, I guess, organizers, too dangerous to be free ahead of their trial for their roles in the Capitol riot. So U.S. District Judge um, Timothy Kelly concluded that there were no circumstances which would be adequate to release them. Um, I guess it was Ethan Nordine and Joseph Biggs. So they have to be held. Yeah. Again, yeah. you know, like we said about if there's racism or, or, or in this country, if they were black, none of them would have got released. So the mm-hmm. guy who had mm-hmm. the taser, um, mm-hmm. who was sitting yeah. at Nancy Pelosi's desk with his feet, they let him go. Yeah, I couldn't believe that one. That's what he I was wrote, he like, left her a note calling her, her, yeah, he wrote her a note calling her the B word and all that other stuff, and um, they let him go. Mm. Did you see he misspelled that, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he tried to claim in court since he misspelled it that he didn't mean that. Just like just because you're yeah. illiterate don't mean you're not an idiot. <laughs> right? Really? So he tried to claim since he misspelled the B word. Um, that he shouldn't be held accountable for saying it. Yeah, well, he said outside the courtroom, I mean, outside uh, on the grounds, they they talked to him, and he said what he meant. 
out there. He's on tape saying right. I left him early and I called up B word. I said, hey, you know, wow. But they let him go. White 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 yeah. white supremacy, man. You're one of the right. 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 Now he wanna claim ignorance. So here's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him the ring finger. Now it's still a finger. <laughs> but it's wrong one. <laughs> it kinda of mean the same thing. <laughs> so you know, a, a Colorado judge resigned after repeatedly using the N-word while asking an uncomfortable black court worker why black people um, can say it and not white people. So the, the Supreme Court of Colorado said on Friday that they had accepted the resignation of the 19th Judicial District's Natalie T. Chase after a number of misconduct allegations that she is admitted to. Wait a minute. Hmm. Um, Elias, is this country racist? Because I just want to ask that question before I go to my next story. No. <laughs> oh, okay, well. Ask Tim Scott. Okay. He'll tell you the truth. Right. Not the <laughs> Supreme Court of Colorado. Like, like yeah, they, no. they have to start weeding these people out. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Now, Florida is set to be the first state to be pun- to punish social media sites that deplatform politicians with fines up to $250,000 a day. You know, I don't what? think that's legal. They're saying wow. that Florida, Florida, they passed a law that prevents social media sites like Facebook and Twitter from getting rid of platforms. You know, because, you know, Donald Trump was banned from social media following the Capitol riots, and they're saying that they're going to fine you up to $250,000 a day. $250,000. Oh, I'd like, wow. to, I'd like to see that report. Because mm-hmm. this, this is Republicans that said, hey, if you don't want to bake a cake for, for um, gay people, you don't have to. These are private businesses. They could do what they want. And now they're like, but if you're a politician, you have to let them say, you know, racist, crazy stuff. Mm. So that's going wow. to play off nicely in court with all the other yeah. contradictory laws that they pass. Really? So, so a wannabe mom influencer in California went, who went viral after uh, alleging that a Latino company, a cu- couple, tried to snatch her children. She's been charged with false information um, to police, um, and it's been re- revealed that Kate Sorenser... Sorensen, I was going to say Karen, but her actual name is Kate. Um, Kate Sorensen now faces two misdemeanor counts after she claimed that Eduardo and Sadie Martinez, and the only reason I'm saying their names is because they were put out there like they tried to kidnap this white woman's children, and now they need to clear their names. So Mm. she said they tried to kidnap her two children, um, um, and then she put an initial video out saying that. So she sat in her car as she relayed the claims that they were um, Sadie and Ed, Eddie saying my children were targets of an attempted kidnapping, which is such a weird thing to even vocalize, but it happened and I want to share my story with you. She put that out and then mm. later she later made a complaint to to police. So Sonoma County District Attorney's Office has now charged her with one count of giving false information to police and another for giving false information to police dispatchers. You know, while there carries a maximum penalty of six months in jail, um, I hope that she ends up staying a little bit longer. 
Yeah, there's no joke there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Erica Mitchell, a family member of that cup of that couple, posted a Facebook um, praising prosecutors for charging her in that case um, that has been largely criticized as an example of racial profiling. So hmm. again, is everybody racist? Damn near. <laughs> like I'm not going to say <laughs> not. Go, go. I just want to encourage the listeners. No, I guess I probably shouldn't do that. I was going to say go listen to uh, um, a professor on YouTube, but everybody, you know, people feel a little squeamish about um, about race, but it's blaringly obvious to me, and I don't know why it's not to other people, that mm. it's not a new problem. No. Like, it's, not. it's just not a new problem. All of these cameras are making them feel some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Oh, and while while I'm at this, since we can take our time over here, you know, uh, one thing that's bothered me is that we still have white folks changing our language, and that bothers mm. me every time I see it. So anytime I see, you know, Republicans say, you know, this is woke culture, mm-hmm. and they're, they're using it like it means um, politically correct, Woke is being conscious, like, you know, mm-hmm. politically conscious, not correct. So they're changing that word to mean something that benefits them. So they are really good at changing your words and using it against you, and we need to be smarter, yeah. right? So oh, you're, you're misappropriating, like you're misusing words and then throwing it back at us like they're bad, right? It's like saying Green New Deal, you know how we used to yell at Jay so much about hating Alexander and and Vanessa about hating AOC. And it's like, why do y'all hate her? Oh, the Green New Deal. And nobody knows what that is because the Republicans defined it as something that was going to make you lose jobs. So people yeah. actually don't like it. And they don't even know what it, they don't even know what it is. Hmm. You know, so we have to. And that's what they're doing with Biden right now. Get, which is quietly, that? that's what they're doing with that's what quietly that's what they're doing with Biden right now. And then they'll always say, that sounds like the Green New Deal. No, it's not what he's saying, dog. Let's no. Stop. Right. You know, find out what it's about first and then you talk to me. Now again, uh-huh. you wanna know you wanna know what white supremacy is? I I will tell you this in a minute. White white supremacy is this. If that was Obama, they would blame Obama. But since mm-hmm. Biden is doing it, they're blaming AOC and socialists. Yes. Biden does not get half the heat for. I mean, he's done more than any other Democratic president as far as you know progressive issues are concerned in his first hundred days than they did in all of their terms. And I'm talking Clinton, mm-hmm. um, Obama. He's done more, but he does not take the heat because white folks don't look at him. They just think he's being influenced by the big bad people of you know AOC and these black folks. Yeah. That's that's what racism is, right? You you can't even focus on the man who actually is making the policy. You are just saying, oh, it's their fault. They're pushing yeah, him to the left. It ain't his fault, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, as I keep watching this, it, it, it's amusing a little bit that nobody kind of is addressing it for that. For that, also, you know, also what is since that was a big topic on the show that I missed is that the problem with. Um, being racist it's so systemic that every time a black person is killed a white person comes with a mic and says how do you feel and if 
they weren't um, racist, they would actually have a commentary on how they felt. So white folks won't tell you how they feel about them killing us, but they always mm-hmm. want to know how we feel. It is technically porn to white folks, right? We can we can explore your pain, and you can make us laugh. But anything in between, mm-hmm. they don't want to hear it. So I, I wish those news organizations would get some diversity in there. And I'm not talking about the the black people who work for them who has to act like them to do reporting. I'm saying they need to change their paradigm as well, right? Mm-hmm. They need to change how they're reporting news because they're reporting it the exact same way. The same questions mm-hmm. for every black person that dies. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? What do you think is going to happen? Like the same stupid, <laughs> stupid questions. I was about to curse. I know it's funny. <laughs> the same stupid questions that they don't even revisit themselves because it's so ingrained in them that it's not amusement. I'm not saying that they're happy. I am just saying it, it feeds the same narrative that they fed them 100 years ago. It's a dog right. shame. Let's go get some sushi. Right? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I ask you to empathize. Just say, understand what your part is in creating the environment that that kind of stuff happens. Now, I actually missed this last time. You know, the IRS announced on May 19th the deadline for uh, – is the deadline for your 2020 tax returns. So they gave you an extra month to file the paperwork due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So the extension is a response to um, concerns from citizens who said that they need more time to prepare their tax returns. So you have till the 17th to do your taxes. Hmm. Now – all right, so Delta Airlines lost $1.2 billion in the first quarter. It was more than expected, but executives said last week that the airlines could be profitable by late summer as more tra- travelers continue to get vaccinated. Oh, they're going to make that money up because if, if you don't know, they make yeah, about a billion gonna, dollars. They're not going to lose the money. Huh? You're right. They're not going to lose that money. No, oh, sir. They'll charge you extra $5 for your bag, but believe me, they're not going to lose no money. <laughs> remember really? remember doing the fuel, the oil crisis that they were like, we're going to have to charge for bags with more weight as to more fuel. The crisis mm-hmm. goes away, and they're like, oh, we're going to keep this $25 yeah, a bag. Yeah, we're going to keep that. No, that's Mm-mm. a billion-dollar industry. Hell, yeah, exactly. Like, we're going to off that. Mm-hmm. So, so. So instead instead of using that as a rainy day fund, they're like, Mm-mm. nope, we're going to keep that, and we're going to act like that was normal. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the NFL becomes the latest major U.S. league to embrace online sports betting. They signed a $1 billion – I'm sorry, signing $1 billion deals with websites FanDuel, DraftKings, and Caesars. Mm. Wow. So, you know, the NFL was a longtime opponent of online sports gambling because they couldn't make no money mm-hmm. and has become the latest U.S. <laughs> pro sports league that you could deal. They partnered with three websites on five-year deals worth a billion dollars. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and the NFL is racist. They are racist as hell, man. I know. I, again, mm-hmm. again, it's woven through the fabric of this place. Like, mm-hmm. So they need to change how they do business. I, I look at how they the draft that Justin Fields. Justin Fields put it on Clemson and, and the rematch came, and they still said, 
Oh, he was not. He's not a bright quarterback. I'm looking at myself. What? Yeah, the kidding? same. The same thing. Mm-hmm. The same thing. There, people are not getting smarter, right? No. And so, you know, although much respect to everyone at the conference that Johnny D and those guys are at, and I'm just going to say that as a disclaimer to what I'm going to say, but that does not, in the at a higher level. We should not be calming everybody down while we're still getting abused. You cannot go to your community and say to them, hey, you need to work with law enforcement when law enforcement is not working with you. If they're still shooting you until there are some drastic changes, then you cannot calm everybody down. It's just illogical, right? And so I understand that with that, you relate to officers. Uh, um, I had a conversation with someone who – um, works with the DA's office um, a couple of weeks ago about this. And they said they think that it's necessary. They obviously disagreed with me and think that it's necessary that you roll out military uniforms to peaceful events. And I said to them that <laughs> your politicians are not getting good counsel because they actually mm-hmm. don't understand the, the culture of black folks, right? The trick is, is that if you ask to fight somebody who fights, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to fight. (laughs) They're going to fight. And you guys are not using common sense. So any event that you have where you have officers mingling with the crowd, even if it's a little hostile, they are not going to fight you. But you put military in front of them, you're going to get a bottle thrown at you. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so it's like you're not actually seeing this, but I can't tell you this because – you can't, you can't understand that unless you work within the community. Our community functions totally different. And so white folks for eons have believed, and I'm telling you this from, um, from people who I've counseled, like from campaigns that I've run, that people sit, seem to believe that, hey, if we just lock them up and have a curfew, everything would be better. And I'm like, people don't voluntarily starve. So I'll forget what you heard. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to go in here and not eat because it'll make you feel safer. So anyway, just wanted to put that out there. I'm not against what they're doing. I am just saying there needs to be other things going on at the same time. You just can't have one and have people pass by. It'll never work. So work that part out as well. That was not a shot at anybody, by the way. Um, oh, by the way, send your comments to comments. Because I am not going to listen to it. I forgot to run that disclaimer. You know how we, you know how we do that on this side. Dr. Yep. J about J stuff. All right. Now, an Atlanta school named after a KKK leader, um, Nathan Bedford Forrest, um, they voted to, rename it, voted to rename itself to honor um, um, a, a brave legend and civil rights advocate, Hank Aaron. So they named it mm. a KKK named school after Hank Aaron, the Hall of Famer, the late baseball mm. Hall of Famer. So, um, man, yeah, I, I don't know anybody who went to um, Forest High School, but now it's going to be Hank, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, they said that your um, chlorinated swimming pool water can kill covid virus in less than 30 seconds according to a new study so this one is in london um imperial college in london um studied the impact of variants um of concentration of chloride in water on the sars 
COVID-2 virus, and they're saying that it can kill it. Now, I don't know how much, and I'm not encouraging swimming, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's a study. Now, okay, so Vegas wants to ban grass, and I don't mean the, the other kind of grass. I'm saying the city is pushing to outlaw greenery that nobody walks on to reduce water consumption in drought-prone drought Nevada, right? So they're mm. officially believe that by ripping out um, grass in regions can reduce the annual water consumption by nearly 15% and save about 14 gallons, 14 gallons per person per day. So mm. I don't know what I feel wow. about that, but you live in a desert, so <laughs> I'm like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be dry a little bit anyway. Really? Well, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not really... I don't know what I, what I really think about that. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, there's a study that says that you're 10 times more likely to get a CVST brain, brain blood clot after you get COVID um, than after a vaccine. So the blood clots really? that people are getting from getting the vaccines, if you get COVID, you're 10 times more likely to get a blood clot anyway. So really? that even the risk after infection is only one in twenty six thousand. This is according to Oxford this Oxford University study. They estimate that thirty nine people out of a million develop um, cerebral a cerebral um, venous sinus thrombosis um, after having COVID nineteen compared to four to five per million after the vaccine. I still don't feel any better, by the way, Elias, just by doing that study. <laughs> I don't feel like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. All right. So the DOJ will not pursue criminal charges against the Capitol Police officer who fatally shot that woman Ashley Babbitt on January 6th. Federal prosecutors said they will not charge the officer who killed her as she climbed through that broken part of the door. Remember the woman who climbed through? Yeah. yeah okay. So they finally officially said that they won't charge him. But how can you charge him? They should have been able really? to, again, it is white privilege, but anybody who goes into some place that was um, unlawfully, I think the Capitol, they do get to draw their guns. Right. Yeah. It, it seems kind of odd. So, okay. So New Jersey... A businessman is suing, is suing the United States Attorney General, Merrick Garland, for the right to sell his own organs. He oh, says, I know. <laughs> I really should have saved this to last. We couldn't have played black or white on this one. This is way too obvious. <laughs> They're saying that it's unfair that people can donate their body parts but not profit for it from them. So John Bellatti. Uh, Bellaccio, um, 37, filed a lawsuit against the United States Attorney General and argued that if he and other Americans can legally donate organs, they should also be able to legally sell them for profit. <laughs> you think you think I don't get that whole um, trans thing? I'm not going to even comment on this one. <laughs> like, I don't even know what <laughs> But I take my kidney. I forget twenty five hundred dollars. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to do that about that one. Well, I mean, now, is there, is there um, a price list on this? 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that, that's what I guess they would have to regulate the difference between a kidney and a and a, and a spleen or something. Yeah, but yeah. somebody literally is suing. This is what kind of free country we live in. Like, it's like, God, Lord, you can sue people for yeah. anything. So yeah. more than a hundred protesters showed up to demonstrate against the White Lives Matter rally that happened um, last week. It was in Huntington Beach, California. Um, not this past Sunday, but the, the Sunday before. Um, you know, just a week after residents received KKK propaganda at their homes, the rally was scheduled um, to begin at 1 p.m. in Huntington Beach. And it wasn't long after demonstrators began, um, uh, um, the demonstration began that the police arrested two people, in, including a counter-protester. Now, the counter-protester was taken into custody for using an amplified sound. Because... What? <laughs> Again, um, it's unclear why... And there's another protester that was taken into custody, um, but police didn't say the individual had a baton, but they think that he had something. But not the KKK people. Like, none of them got arrested. We should play this game. Wow. Is America still racist? And start doing some of these stories. Like, really? Just have that conversation. Now, a Buffalo, New York cop who was fired for intervening when a white cop held a black suspect in a chokehold in 2006, she finally won her lawsuit to get her full pension. So the New York yeah, State Supreme Court... Yeah, mm-hmm. the judge um, has sided with the formula police officer, Carol Horn, um, by giving her full pension some 13 years after she was fired for that incident on duty. So, again, in the George Floyd case, if another officer would have pushed the officer off of George Floyd, they probably would have fired the officer. Mm. Right? Because, you know, yeah. I can imagine yeah. just having this story, what their defense is going to be. Because... The guy who killed George Floyd was training the other officers. Mm-hmm. So when they, they're looking to him for guidance, and he's like, stand down. I got this. So, yeah, somebody just... But and has, my, my, my only deal with that is stand down, but you know you're killing somebody right in front of me? I don't give a damn. You, I know no, you're I, killing him. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm getting after you. Right. So, and that's the point, right? So... You know that even in people in the military understand this. We have the Geneva Convention um, stuff of international war crimes, and even if you're mm-hmm. ordered to do something that you know is unlawful, you are to refuse the order because you mm-hmm. can't say he was my superior, so he ordered me to do it, so I had to do it. You can't use that as an excuse. It is your job mm-hmm. to know fundamentals of what law is, and then you think the police officers would know the fundamentals again. They're not certified paralegals. You don't expect them to know all the laws or even how to apply them in all cases. But you do have to have some sense about regular, you know, misdemeanors and, and all of that stuff. But it is it is sad that for years in this country we hold other we we vilify other policemen who stop other policemen from breaking the law. Mm, that's for sure. Now this happened a couple of weeks ago. I I didn't um 
didn't get a chance to 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 do this story, but you know Andrew Yang was filmed like mm-hmm. pedaling away from a bike protest. I don't know. If, did you did you see that? No, I, I saw. Yeah, I saw some about. It. I didn't. I didn't see the whole story though. Okay, so Andrew Yang, who was running for mayor, rode with about 150 cyclists across the Brooklyn Beer Bridge from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, right? And he, it was to protest. Um, it was a protest police brutality, and it was pretty much in the George Floyd vein is why they were meeting there. So when Andrew Yang gets there, they were yelling, you don't care about the community, get your A out of here, and we don't want you really? here. One woman, she was on a megaphone. She yelled at him, um, and another woman then grabbed the microphone and yelled, Yang, um, do not use our protest for your publicity, and we don't want you here. You're wow. pro-cop. Get out. Shame on you. Mm. And the crowd started yelling at Andrew Young Chain. So when they repeatedly yelled shame, um, Yang pedaled off with a group of his supporters. <laughs> he mm. received backlash last month um, for giving really? a speech. Yeah. Yeah, he's running for mayor, and he wants to hang with the young kids. But here's what. Here's why they're yelling at him. So when they, the, um, you know, they brought up what they were going to do about Asian hate crime, one of the first things he said that he would do if he was mayor would be to fund the Asian hate crime force and the police. He said that funding more police will stop the hate crimes. Yeah, it's like, not when they want to hate you. Hey, that's why they that's why they ran him up out of there. It's like you can't mm. you can't do that. So he's mm-hmm. caught between that space of believing that um the police is always gonna do the right thing while a police just killed a black man. Really? So he can't say, I empathize with you, but I'm gonna fund them. You know, and, <laughs> and again, we're talking about white folks changing narratives, right? So people know Generally, if you don't know in listening to the show, I'll tell you what defunding the police is all about. It's the fact that we give the police money for like military-grade weapons and tanks and stuff, and that money can go towards education. It doesn't mean you're yeah. firing the police department or they don't have really? any money to pay their salary and overtime. It just means that we're over and misappropriating money for bullets and guns, and police don't have that many shootouts. Right, so right. we're just that's what I can't weapons. understand. Yeah, why do they have but, all the military grade uh, weaponry? You know, yeah, I mean, like the tanks and all of that, the battering rams and stuff like that. I'm like, really? Wow, this is crazy. I, I believe it's because of the Clinton years. That crime yeah. bill with Newt Gingrich and those Republicans—that was his compromise to the Republicans—that they militarized the police. So, in mm. the '90s, before that crime bill. If your side mirror was broken, the police would come up to you and give you a ticket and let you go because they can't arrest you for misdemeanors. So they changed the misdemeanors and made them felonies, and um, they changed the rules on, you know, detaining people and all of that other stuff. They did that in that crime bill. So Mm. the world changed as far as policing is concerned during Clinton. So when people say, oh, well— you know, Bill Clinton, and you wonder why Clinton hated Obama, right? It's because mm. folks were starting to, it was starting to sink in. You know, Hillary 
stuff was coming up where she was calling black people super predators, which plays mm-hmm. into the fear of white black people having superhuman strength, and that's why I was scared of a little twelve year old and shot him playing in the park with a uh, huh. <laughs> with a water gun, you know. Yeah. And so, right, it feeds into the narrative. So you got to kind of look at all of that stuff, compound, and see why people have the psyche that they have. So. Anyway, that, that kind of happened during the Clinton years, that they were feeding these narratives that kind of make people look at the world like they do today. So even Andrew Yang, his ideal, idealistic view, and I remember when he was running, I did get some calls from people um, during the Democratic primary and asking me, what did I think about Andrew Yang? And, you know, he looks like a good candidate and those guys and I'm my response to them was no, and people were going to see through it. People were going to see mm. through him and through Buttigieg, you know, being a fake Obama. That cadence mm-hmm. that he was speaking with was him putting on. Ask the people who were in that town that he was the mayor of. He he didn't have good relationships with black people, so why would you think he nah. would now? Yeah. Mm. So it's it's interesting watching that again. Jay made me feel some kind of way about doing that topic on the show when I couldn't get in on it. Because <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. we need to really clear this up. We, you know, yeah. I, I really feel kind of strongly about the fact that truth needs to cut through all of this stuff a little bit better. Because we keep just, mm-hmm. we're ham- well, doing the same thing. Now, right. a black man um, whose family members say that um, he suffered from an epileptic seizure while walking his autistic grandson to school, he was pinned down to the ground by five Louisiana police officers who, in a video, was seen punching and kicking him after police said that he resisted arrest. He was having a seizure, and they started beating him. Now, a bystander captured the footage of that incident, um, and several police officers gathered around the, the man who was identified by the family. I'm not going to say his name. And um, the police um, said the officer seen kicking him has been placed on administrative leave by the police investigation uh, while they investigate the incident. Two police officers were initially called to the scene after they received a call about a man laid out in the road. And police arrived to find his grandson and um, and the guy laid the, the grandson wasn't laid out, but they found his grandson, and he was laid out in some bushes in front of somebody's yard. So police claim that Bailey was incoherent and possibly under the influence of a substance. But family oh members said God. he suffered from seizures while walking. His, <laughs> so walking his grandson to school, you think he did drugs? Wow. So. <laughs> Family said that the seizures could have caused Bailey to become um, combative once he once they um, passed because he was disoriented. So you come out of seizure disoriented, and people are gathered around you trying to hold you down like they're going to arrest you. What do you think they're going to do? Right, right. Again, wow. so that's their, that's their assumption. So at the end of all these stories, we're going to ask: Do we still think this place is racist? <laughs> like he passed out walking it. <laughs> Yeah, people get up really early in the morning to do drugs and walk people to school. Like, that is, for that to be an That's option, crazy. that is crazy. Now, uh, uh, did you see the, did you, did you see the stories where the two grandmothers, where they where they broke one of the grandma's rotate they, they uh, tore her rotate, rotated cuff off? Oh, they separated her shoulder. 
Was that the one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It was God. two of them. It was two of them. One of them was white. One of them was black. One of them had dementia. She was walking home from Walmart, and she forgot to pay because she had dementia. But when, when they told her that she forgot to pay, uh, she said, okay, I'm sorry. And she offered them the money to pay. And they said, no, get out of here. Then they called the police on her. So the police arrest the woman, and they, they, they separate her shoulder, and then they put her in, in jail and kept her in jail without, without any, without any uh, medical attention for six hours. And they got their own tape laughing about this. Mm-hmm. Laughing. And, and then another uh-huh. one, this woman, uh, they came to a woman's house, and, they said, and she said, look, my son has mental, uh, mental problems. I don't want, you know, you guys to kill my son. And they broke her arm. Like, and Man. all these women, are in, they were in their seventies. This is this is this is a police officer we deal with in their seventies. Man, yeah, I I did see a clip of the woman. Like I saw it, um, something of the woman who came out of the grocery store. I didn't see a clip. I saw pictures. I was reading the news story, and they just kind of mm-hmm. showed her walking. And they were following her, but that was—I think mm-hmm. that's the one where the police broke her, separated her shoulder mm-hmm. or something, or broke her separated arm. Separated her shoulder, yep. They separated her oh. shoulder, yep. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. if you don't think that that's excessive force with a senior citizen, because here's how this works: she didn't take anything out of store. When they said that mm-hmm. she didn't pay for it, she offered to pay for it, and they told her no. So she didn't right. have any merchandise when she left, and she left the store. Mm-hmm. You could have banned her for life from the store. But putting your hands mm-hmm. on her should not have been off, should not have been an option. So they should sue for that. Mm-hmm. No, like that does not make any sense that anybody would even no. remotely put their hands on a senior citizen who has doesn't even have the merchandise in her, but they're following her. No, and they have dementia. She has dementia. Yeah, yeah they said she was picking flowers right. or something on the way, even after she left. Yeah. Dementia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, it's um, crazy, man. Yeah, now, a soldier uh, was, this is uh, a couple of weeks ago, but a soldier who was not uh, prosecuted by the Army for raping his um, his friend's wife went on to rape two more women, including his own daughter, who helped mm. jail him for 13 years. Sergeant Randall S. Hughes pled guilty on March 30th. Um, he attacked two women while stationed at Fort Bliss in Texas, and his daughter while he was at Fort Dix in New Jersey. They, wow. he, he got 13. Again, how are you covering for these people? I, I, that's something I don't get. Hmm. Now, an L.A. Wow. Sheriff deputy, 43, is jailed for seven years for a warehouse heist where he and his gang um, posed as narcotics officers with fake warrants to confiscate $2 million in legal marijuana in cash. So police are robbing legal dispensaries now. And um, so L.A. <laughs> County Sheriff Art Antrim, I know, he was sentenced to seven years in prison after staging a $2 million robbery at an L.A. Uh, marijuana warehouse. Mm. I don't even know what to say. I really? just want to put that uh, put that out there. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, a victory for a prisoner um, who was 67. He was finally released after spending 20 years in prison. Um, 
uh, for stealing two shirts under Louisiana's three strikes. Wow. Two shirts. Jesus. 20 years. Two shirts. So Guy Frank, 67, was released after spending 20 years in prison for, for, for stealing two shirts worth less than $500 from Saks Fifth Avenue in New Orleans on in September in 2000. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I know it was wow. Again, that is what supremacy and oppression is, right? It's like you can steal a slice of pizza and you're going to get 20 years if you're black, but they'll make <laughs> you pay pay for it if you're white and be like, you're going to give you probation, but don't do it again. But 20 mm-hmm. years for two shirts. Now, um, wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm still kind of breathing after that one. Now, okay, so an Oklahoma teacher, and again, this happened um, a, a, a week or so ago, but an Oklahoma teacher is suspended for calling a black student the N-word after, um, after he called her that he threatened to knock her out uh, when she stopped, um, she stopped him from leaving the class. So social media users identified the teacher as Diane Benton, um, her name has not been released by the school district in Oklahoma, but she called them the N-word and tried to stop him from leaving. Wow. Um, again, you know, we need to check. You know, I didn't know this this, this show was going to have a lot of racism in it because every show has a lot of racism in it because they're racist. Now, yeah. anyway, I don't know if you saw this, um, where this white husband and wife was charged with assault after they jumped out of their Mercedes. They attacked, attacked the interracial couple. So this guy, John huh? Kincaid, who's 38, and Crystal Kincaid, um, who's 37, was arrested in Columbia, South Carolina, over an incident at a Dollar Tree on April 10th. They both were charged with two counts of robbery and two counts of first-degree assault and battery. So the, the guy who was black and his girlfriend who was white, they were released from the hospital in an ordeal. But the victims told authorities that they were driving on Saturday when the um, Kincaid cut them off at a red light in their Mercedes C-Class that they were allegedly assaulted after pulling into a Dollar Tree. So they cut them off in their Mercedes, followed them, and then beat them and took something from them and got in their car and left, laughing. And they got their asses arrested. Wow. They should. So, yeah. So when people start looking at this thinking, oh, that's just poor white folks that's doing that, or people, they think it's a class issue, that is not a class issue. Those people were not, you know. Anyway. I, and, they, and they went, I thought initially that they were in the Dollar Tree, but they followed them to a dollar store just to harass them. Mm-hmm. And then... The woman went and hooked, hit the other woman, and the guy hit the black guy, and they, he mm. was injured. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, 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 that tape is out there. If you want to see it, I wouldn't recommend it because I didn't watch it, mm. but I did read the news story and kind of saw some clips from it. Didn't think it was cute. Now, um, you know, last month, the National Women's Soccer League opened an investigation under its anti-discrimination policy after a black player for Chicago Red Stars said that security, a security guard in Houston 
treated her and her boyfriend inappropriate because of their race. So in a social mm. media post, Sarah Gordon said that her boyfriend, who is black, and she is too, she she doesn't... Okay, so here's the thing. Black people come in many shades. So I guess the security guard didn't think that she was black as well. But um, her boyfriend, <laughs> I know, he was followed and threatened with arrest if he approached her. He was like, you you too dark to be with her kind of thing, right? Like, so he approached her yeah. after, um, you know, at this, uh, at BBVA Stadium. I don't know where that is in Houston. Uh, but the Red Stars assistant coach, Scott uh, Parkinson, backed her account saying that the security guard was belligerent. And um, the um, soccer team, the Houston team, the Dash, it's called Houston Dash, issued two statements on the matter, and they said um, the first that the team staff was focused entirely on coronavirus safety, right? And then they apologized for anything that may have created an impression to the contrary. That was their first statement. But on hmm. the next day, the team said its previous statement was off the mark and apologized because it wasn't coronavirus because all the white players' families got to wow. talk to them, but they only held the black guy back. So they had to release another hmm. statement saying that the team um, said that it was committing to creating a safe work environment free from discrimination and harassment and pending results of the investigation will take um, all the steps necessary to make sure that's the case. Mm. So again, they had to do this twice because they covered for them being racist initially. And then once the other coaches vouched for what the black people were saying, then the white folks was like, okay, you caught us. That's pretty much how this went. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, you know, a New York, uh, sorry, uh, a New York elementary school principal is charged with sexually ab- abusing at least nine boys between the age of 10 and 12. <laughs> the head of <laughs> Northwood School, a private school, mind you, is taken into custody before being um, slapped with 20 different charges. Something else is going on in the world. Oh, I didn't really want to do that story, but yeah, I think it's something wrong with us when we don't do stories because we start getting a false sense that everything is equal and everything's okay. It's like, no, these stories are out there. You're just not getting them on your regular news show. Now, an Arkansas woman has been sentenced to 36 years in prison after admitting to killing her sleeping grandmother with a doggone hammer. Oh my because God. Because she said God ordered her to sacrifice so that she could be sent to hell. Hell. I guess she wanted to go to hell, apparently. So, Andrea Wilson, who's 28, she was too old to be doing. Never mind. I don't care how young you are. That's just stupid. So, she pled guilty to first degree murder, aggravated assault, and battery in connection with this bludgeoning death of her 81 year old. Grandmother oh, Ruby Ross. Mm, mm, mm. She was though. initially charged with capital murder, murder, but she agreed to plead to a lesser charge to avoid the death penalty or a life sentence with the, the possibility of parole. And under the Not conditions, to go to hell. right, right, she wanted to go. Um, yeah. She could become. Now, get this: under the conditions of her plea agreement, 
she would become eligible for a release of parole after serving 19 <laughs> years in prison. Oh, the guy God. with two wow. T-shirts got 20 years in prison, and she's going to get 19 for killing her grandmother with a hammer. Wow. Black or white. Wow. We should have displayed on that one. Oh, come on. You know, white, 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 yep. white. <laughs> and and speaking, speaking, speaking of the sickness, a Vegas girl, 16, and her boyfriend, 18, was arrested in Salt Lake City after they stabbed their father. They stabbed her father to death and tried to dismember his body what? with a chainsaw and set it on oh, fire God. and set the house on fire. So they're Jeez. facing two counts of open two counts of open murder, which I don't know, in Las Vegas for killing and attempting to dismember that girl's father. Um, police said the 45-year-old divorced father of three was stabbed and set on fire after speaking out against his daughter's relationship with the boy. Mm, mm, mm. I can't wow. even say what is wrong with people. I'm glad like Kathleen and, and those guys aren't on this part of the show. Because this is just way too disgusting, but I still think it's necessary because when people think that we're being overly dramatic, they need to know that these these stories are happening every day. Really? Now, I don't know if you saw the story with Tom Hanks' son that happened uh, last month. His yeah. son, um, huh? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw some of that story. Yeah. It, it's a domestic abuse story again. Mm-hmm. Chet Hanks shoved and grabbed his ex-girlfriend, threatened to carry out a murder-suicide, and branded her Ghetto Black B, who wouldn't what? be believed. That's that's what the quote said, that he said, that nobody would believe her. In a $1 million domestic abuse lawsuit, like she's now suing him, again, I don't know why she was with him, um, Hank says that, uh, well, she said that he he inflicted abuse on her from October 2020 to January 2021. Um, um, now he's he's also an actor. Now he's in play, he he played an Empire and Shameless, and was recorded um, hitting hitting her, saying, "Wow, now you're trying to flip the script." So the legal document mm-hmm. said that Hank Hanks has approached her with a knife. Um, in the incident, and she hit him with a pot to defend herself, and she received a temporary restraining order. Now, from mm. Hank's side, he's saying that she was abusive, and he was fighting back. But it goes back to that whole thing, <laughs> who are you going to believe? Really? Yeah, so we're not wow. going to go into um, the, um, well, I've... No, never mind. You know, I was going to say something that I probably need to say off the air. Ain't gonna All right, so <laughs> a U.S. Army Sergeant First Class has been charged with third-degree assault after shocking a shocking video showed him berating and punishing a black male that he didn't believe lived in their South Carolina neighborhood. Yeah. So Jonathan Pendleton, yep. yeah, 42, this happened a few weeks ago, was quickly identified after that video went viral. Now, you you saw this video? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was arrested, yeah. and they said that he faced 30 days in jail and a $500 fine. But it was him and his wife that yeah. stopped him. And this is, okay, he didn't live there that long, right? And he told them, prove where do you live and prove that you live in this neighborhood. <laughs> now, now, if you know anything about how suburbs was 
was done and how Leventown development was done, go watch Adam Ruins Everything. And it'll tell you mm-hmm. that there were racists in their subdivisions that they could not have black people in them. So some white people still think in their development there should not be black people. And that's when they first started doing it after the GI Bill and the war stuff that they started building developments that white folks believe that and it still sits in them. They you really yeah, he, believe why are you here? And he stopped. Did you so, did you see all the folks that came to his house afterwards? No, <laughs> I didn't. Dude, there there was like about three or four hundred folks in front of his house. Like, come on outside now. <laughs> Bring your ass on outside right now. And he didn't come outside. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. no. Oh, you know, I know we had about a minute left. Um, you know, 20 years after skyrocketing to fame, Steve Urkel or Jalil White is coming out with his own purple Urkel strain of marijuana in his marijuana company. Peace out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Hey, hey, help out Jalil White from Family That's Matters. It. That's all I want to say. I don't smoke, but I'm just going to say, hey, <laughs> you know, just, just so that we're fair, we want to help out a struggling actor. But there you go. He, I'm with you. You're right. Yeah. But, well, first it'll only be lost in California, but they said that they're going to move it to different places in the future. So that's cool. All right. So I didn't mean to hold you up. No, nah, it's 12. That was perfect timing, my brother. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I, had to, I had to slip that one in there. I was like, wait a minute. I forgot about the purple <laughs> Urkel that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know what I was going to say that I didn't want to say in the air? Um, this should What's tell that? you a little bit. This this should tell you something about interracial dating. <laughs> like I think with all of these commercials <laughs> with these black women with white men, when they start calling them a black bee and all this stuff in ghetto, and you feel some kind of way, you should have saw that coming. Yep. I ain't telling you not to date outside your race. I'm just telling you, you better f- figure out if you're dating a redneck before you start sleeping with him. There you go. That says it all. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, should have been fundamental. All right, man. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, mean to hold you up. No big deal, that? brother. I enjoyed the show, man. All right, man. I get with you. You missed it. You missed the um, unconfirmed Black History, didn't you? No, I was here for it. I was here for it. Oh, okay. I thought yep. you were gone. I thought it was just Jay no, here. So I'm like, it. okay. Oh, okay. No, okay. I, actually, I, I was laughing, but I was on mute. I didn't know I was on mute. <laughs> but I was moving around. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. Heard. Yeah, I was on mute, man. Uh, okay. Yeah, somebody asked me to do a um, a, a coffee table book with illustrations, and I was like, Dude, I said, that, if I get to thirty, if I get to thirty, I'll do it. And they said, I'll buy it. This uh, a that, friend of mine. Yeah, I was uh, on that one. That was fun. That, those, those things are hilarious, dude. I wish I you were. <laughs> like, I told him. Oh. I said, I don't know if I could be that. I'm only funny to my friends, like my sense of humor that way. And people can't bend their mind to the serious stuff if you crack too many jokes. I said, I might have to do it on a, on a, in a pen name or something, but I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. so I've been getting all of these notes talking about, oh, you got you got to do a book on this. So it hey, was, uh, it was yeah, funny. Yeah, you need to, brother. That's, that's I said, if funny, I hit... man. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, <laughs> And literally, I'm doing that to amuse you. Because I was like, I ain't doing these anymore. <laughs> Even when Jay said that, I'm like, ah. It, it is just something a little weird that only black people uh, can relate to. So, 
So I'll be yes, remember which one you did now. <laughs> but all right. All right, man. When I get with you. All right, bro. See you next week. All right. Yep. See you. Oh, by the way. Hell yes. Huh? Wait a minute. Huh? I just want to ask one thing. So the woman, Tracy, is that her name? I always forget her name. Yeah. I don't know. I got to pay her yeah, attention. Tracy. Was her name Tracy? Okay. Uh-huh. I was going to say, when she came on uh, last week, what happened that somebody said that they didn't, they thought she was holding it down for the police? Do you remember? Oh, because we, they were talking, they were talk, we were talking about uh, the, the the shooting in Chicago. And I, I, I was saying that, uh, that, you know, she said as a police officer, when that guy turned and, 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 and she knew that he had a gun, she'd have probably fired too, you know. Oh, yeah, it's always from the police perspective that they always look at life for, you know, I mean, they're going to take the mm-hmm. side of their people. But right. I, I, I understand the other person's point. It's like, you got to stop that, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're wrong, you're wrong. But, but, but in, in fairness to her, she was saying stuff like, you know, that the police officers, who was wrong and what police officers were bad. And she said all police officers are not good. But, you know, in fairness to her, she was, she was, she was, she was giving it to them too. But, you know. Yeah, I actually kind of, I actually kind of like her, but I kind of like her in a way I like, um, like Johnny. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't like them. I almost hung up off the show um, from Jay doing that segment when I first got there. I really yeah. almost laughed. Yeah, I, I don't like that. Like, it, but I yeah. don't know what it is about me hearing that because I'm like that's that's brainwashing us to. And, and I think I told you I'm doing a think tank, didn't I? No, you didn't. Oh my gosh, I didn't tell you. Okay, we're gonna have to get off our recorded line for me to tell you that story. <laughs> but um, <laughs> okay. the, and I'm, I'm not playing because because the, the problem is is how do you deprogram black folks? from looking at things through oppression. And it, it, it's a hell of a thing to do. And so one of the things I started working on is how do we do that, right? Like how do we how do we free our minds enough to think about something from your perspective? Because if you look at the Anti-Deflammation League, ain't no black people on the Anti-Deflammation League trying to figure out stuff for Jewish people, right? Mm-hmm. But we're so co-opted to look at stuff from your oppressor's point of view that even our thoughts when we think is good for us. Like Vanessa does that sometimes. I love Vanessa, but Vanessa will admit that. Like she's like, oh, I didn't look at it that way. And it's like, yeah, but you were compassionate about, I mean, you were like had a lot of passion towards um, something that is oppressive to black people. So the, the part I did not say, you know, earlier in that story is like I did Black Expo one time, and these two girls, were fighting. So to know how to handle conflict, you have to really be around some hood hood conflict to deal with your people. <laughs> it is not a suburban black person yeah. thing to actually deal with that. So these two girls, mm-hmm. they were in their mid-20s, and they were about to go. So it wasn't in the vending area or in the food court area. It's like in between both. So I see them, like, square up, and there's like eight people on each side, and they're arguing. So I walk up to them. And I watched for about 20 seconds until I till I kind of got a grip on what was going on. So I looked at this guy who was standing next to the one girl, and I said, get her and get out. And he looked at me. He's like, I ain't got nothing to do with it. I said, you with her? And he said, yeah. I said, get her get out. And so I went to the other person, 
and I said to this girl, get her and get out. Everybody getting out, right? So the girl kind of turns to me kind of crying. She was like, you know, I apologize, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out, them two girls were sisters. And if what? I came in the middle of that, I mean, I had authority to do it, right? If I'd have gotten in the middle of it and would have broke them up, all of that emotion would have been like, don't talk to my sister like that. They would have all turned mm-hmm. and I had to deal with <laughs> all of them. You. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't deal with black people, that you know that rap song that said, if you ain't never been in the ghetto, don't go in it? You can't deal with yeah. ghetto stuff unless you understand the dynamics of it. You don't just get in the middle of people's stuff. And that's mm. why I was saying, like, with that riot stuff, you ask people to fight who fight, that's the only way they express themselves. You're going to fight. Yeah. You know? So anyway, no I don't think they understand that. <laughs> Say it again? Yeah. George Clinton said, free your mind and your ass will follow. And your ass will follow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So so that's, that's where my frustration comes in sometimes because sometimes Johnny will do that and they'll have, like, these really oversimplistic things like all black people need to do is go get a job and learn to – and I'm like, that ain't <laughs> – oppression is very different on the ground, boy, when you talk about your people. Bullshit, no. Like, oh. Some people going through some stuff. <laughs> so anyway, uh-huh. but I like, like, you know, she was she seemed pretty cool to me. I'm just saying it yeah, takes a lot. To, yeah, it, it takes a little bit to get out of that mindset that you're looking out for your oppressor. Mm-hmm. I don't like saying that out loud. It may make people feel some kind of way. But we really got to be get over them. <laughs> like that's yeah, all like I say, I, I've, I've known her for years, man. You know, through through Jay, she, she's a good person, uh-huh. man. Overall, I like her, man. She's she's a decent person, and uh, you know, yeah, and yeah, she sounds like she is. Yeah, she's good. She's a good person, man. But like I said, James talking that talking that stuff about yeah, this and that. Well, I I knew when when he said that. Hey, man, she could. Hey, man, she's on the show, and she likes being on the show too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, because you know what, it's, <laughs> it's different because you get she get to express her, you know, you get to express mm-hmm. yourself, and I think we still need, you know, you need to have feminine energy in that. Like I, yeah, I sure. kind of always feel like it creates a little bit of balance, but at the same time, mm-hmm. Jay loves the policing part so much, he makes it a big feature, and then that's going to run me up out of there. Don't tell him that, but I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. I use, I think, most of the time when. Johnny first came on, I would just put the phone down and then come back. I was like, y'all need to tell me what y'all talking about. Because not that I don't respect that brother. It's just that from his perspective, that looks good to him. And, and by the way, last week I was speaking at a church of all places. So I actually did. <laughs> um, I, let, me, let me tell you, I missed a little opportunity to, to say to them, I didn't want to cut into the pastor side a friend my mom you know um her friend who she's really close to asked me to speak at her appreciation and i i don't turn my elders down so Mm -hmm. i was like oh man like she's the first lady at this church and so um i went in to speak but while i was speaking i really wanted to tell those kids uh talk about what melanin is and and Mm -hmm. and all of that and i was like man i don't want to mess up their church but they do need something to think about, <laughs> you know, but I didn't, I didn't do it. I, mm. I regret not doing it, though, because, again, somebody needs to, to tell, you know, black folks something to have us, um, you know, look at life a little bit differently. So, yeah, they do. Yeah. 
yeah. So anyway, but that's that's cool. That that's that's good. That that she's on there. I know Kathleen can't do the regular show because, like I said, because of her her um, something that she's working on. But mm-hmm. um, she can come on. She can do the new side because I know what not to get her on record for. And Jay right. doesn't have any parameters. Like she can't just arbitrarily say stuff. Uh, right. You know. Some of us inter- there are real world implications when you do that, so she can't she can't yeah. do it. But anyway. Yeah, I but know yeah. that. Yeah. So so that's cool that um that she came on. So if you ever get a chance to talk to her or something, just tell her that um I sometimes I'm gonna disagree with them, but that don't mean I don't like them. <laughs> you know. Like, well, I, dis- I disagreed with them last week. Oh, you know, okay. but, hey, you know yeah. that's that's what that's what it's about. Is you know to uh, to, to voice your opinion, man. That's that's what the show is all about. Everybody should be able to voice your opinion, and after that, we all you know we ain't gonna cut together saying cool by you, but you you got a different opinion than I do. Yeah, you but know? just like just like the woman who whoever wrote in that said that. She didn't like her last week, but she she had like I was like that is cool that people are at least smart enough to be able to bend mm-hmm. their mind a little. So that probably yeah. made her feel a little bit better about being there. So because mm-hmm. cause nobody I don't really care about the negative stuff because I'm probably gonna say something that most people are gonna be like, um, wrong, you know. But because there are things that we need to say that people are just not saying. So, but yeah. that's cool. All right. So yeah, I just wanted mm-hmm. to know what what she did last week that had a little controversy in it. I was like, I don't I don't see her making a lot of controversy, but no, nah, I, I don't see. I don't either. But you know, I'll, look, if we were looking at this about like the Supreme Court, adding her <laughs> is adding her and Johnny to Jay's side, and Vanessa's gonna be our swing <laughs> vote. <laughs> like, we, like, we're, we're losing unless Kathleen or Vanessa swings. For, which most of the time Vanessa's not swinging on our side, but Vanessa's not nah, gonna be the sweet nah. boat. <laughs> so, so we're outnumbered, and I don't mind that. We we can hold our I own with this. I don't either. <laughs> All right. So tell so tell Jay since we have a swing vote now, he better watch the order in that he brings us in, because he's like we all disagree with both of them. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know. But you know, I I, I, see, 